This week's episode is brought to you by Colt 45 and Bananas, Breakfast of Champions. Hey, what's going on? This is Tay, the former co-host of Keep It Basement with the Sweens. I see the boy Sweens done blew up without me. You are tuned in to Keep It Basement and Keep It Locked here. Yeah. More fire. Come on, man. I'm too Hollywood for this podcast. Yeah, I heard you tried to get bitches to the crib. That didn't work, obviously. And then your bum-ass intern, very unreliable and unprofessional. <laughs> keep it, keep, keep, keep it basement, man. What, keep it, what radio? It's basement radio. Keep it basement? Put it down with Mike Sweeney. Mike Sweeney, keep it basement, the idiot. What's going on? This is Mike Sweeney. What's up, homie? Do you want me to shout out Mike Sweeney? Or, or what are you, Jewish? Uh, no, I'm actually not. No, I'm not Jewish. Would it be better if, uh, well, if I told you I was Jewish? Oh, no, you're a white kid, right? Yeah, white. Well, yeah, I'm white. Oh, no, I'm just trying to Sweeney. I know some people. All right, so basically, you want me to shout out Keep It Basement, right? We in the building. Still keep It Basement? Yeah. Keep It what? Like, keep it, like, keep it in the house. Keep It, yeah. keep it Basement. Yes. And what, what's your name, you guys? My name. Kevin Sweeney. Mike Sweeney. But that was so cool. Oh, man. How did I get that wrong? Nikki Paris, and you're listening to Keep a Basement Radio. Don't go anywhere, bitch. And you keep doing you. What the fuck is this? My ex was a gamer. Right. <laughs> did she get jumped in or did she get, or did she get trained in? Like, I'm like, <laughs> and you couldn't ask her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what do you do for me? How was that your girlfriend then? She was getting all that cryptic. <laughs> Did she crip walk on you? Uh, That's not so bad. Okay, bro, thanks. Know the- oh, wow, yeah. It's <laughs> marginal. You know what's crazy? A lot of white people never think big, big picture as black people do. Uh, I like hip-hop culture. I feel like I'm part of hip-hop culture, but I don't know where I stand, and I feel weird about it. He's like, you should. Like, I'm like, marginal. All right, Sweeney, I'm going to see you later. Stay black, That's not so bad. There we have it, folks. Keep it, <laughs> Keep it basement podcast. Time to make my move. Sweet taste of victory like Opus Mutani. Damn, that shit was dope. Damn, son, where'd you find this? He responds right away. He's down for anything. Well, he can do that. I guess maybe because I told him about the part The whole special oh. compared to YouTube thing is completely he's, he's got it, man. I think he figured it out. Most oh. of. And he oh, sold out the rest of the weekend. He sold those shoes in, in uh, like England. Now. Sold out England. It's amazing. He's in yep. Antwerp tonight. He sold out yep. London last What's night. What's funny is like he kind of took credit for it. I guess he did for the comedy stuff, but he literally uh, was influenced by like DJ Vlad, Gary V, Charlamagne, yeah. and DJ Academics. He definitely saw the hip hop stuff, how they did it on YouTube, yeah. and he started doing comedy. Well, I listened yeah. to a great episode uh, that he was on today of some random podcast on that laughable app from like back in like April, and how he was explaining how he got started in comedy and that he never middled. Nobody ever took him on the road. He just became. He went from being nothing to a headliner, basically, after getting past the New York clubs. So did so a he lot went of a lot of the different route than like a lot of comedians. He's also yeah. he also had guy helping MTV and shit like that. So did that girl on MTV. I Carly. think Guy Guy Cole was the biggest thing yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, a bunch yeah. of those people. Like, yeah. yeah. 
they had like just got super hot, and then they got headlining spots because, of, like, especially yeah. in colleges, yeah. like, if you were on guy or girl exactly, code, yeah. you could go headline at Seton Hall, Mom, you know, whatever Definitely. college. Most def. You know what he said that it kind of sucks that MTV two got so soft now they don't even do any of those shows anymore. Oh, they he can't. said it. He's it, like, it MTV, fucks a lot of comedians yeah. up. He's like, I got the last wave of MTV. It sucks now because what they should have done was YouTube. They should have done because Guy Code was all talking heads, and they should have just made those in little clips on put them on YouTube. And he said it would have been even. Better. Yeah, but I think it's a. I think now with the the way the world is now, five years later, the the stuff you, they were saying in Guy and Girl Code isn't taken the same way yeah, now. Yeah, true. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sound like a jackass, but like with, like the Me Too, the Me Too movie. Yeah, you're right. Like, you're especially right. even yeah. Schultz, like when it was perfect they, timing. They was they hit it and then they had to end it. You know what I mean? True. They were talking like, like, even Charlamagne said that. Yeah, he said like if you look, go back to my old interview with Joe Bunn. He's like, I actually don't go back to my old interview with Joe Bunn because there's right. a lot of stuff we say in there that will get in trouble with women. And then he like he literally like snitches on stuff and says like, don't go back and listen to my Same old. Same with shit. the DJ Vlad interview. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Hey, it's man. All I, yeah, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. oh no! Go ahead, Dan. No, it's, it's just—it's it's crazy how quick it's changed. Like something from three years ago is completely inappropriate now. Yeah, it's not like thirty years ago, it's like 2012 was way too long to go back to find somebody acting wild that we wouldn't accept now. Oh, dude, you definitely wouldn't. The, I think the whole thing with that whole like hypocrisy, like the hypocrisy of the whole situation, is like one of like the the forefront ladies for the Me Too thing. She got Me Tooed. Yeah, and they ain't say nothing about it. Oh yeah, I heard oh. about that. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That should have made front news, but for some yeah. reason it didn't. That's they, got, they got a thing now. It's like a delete me. A delete. You got to delete your tweets. There's an app now. They promote it. It's like $12, and it deletes all your old tweets where you curse or like you could pick out what like what you said that was negative, and you could delete it. I don't feel Before you blow up. Like, say if you got a big contract going or you signed a TV show, they like require I'm trying they to, to th- do that. I'm but trying to think if I – yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I say anything – Terrible. Yeah, I, I don't really say. I I never have, but I'm older than you guys. Like I got, I was an adult when social media happened, so I was never like 17 writing the wild 17 year old thoughts on Twitter because Twitter a wasn't thing. A thing right. When I was 17, yeah, you know exactly. I mean? You guys all grew up with social media, right? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy because like what you think you say that moment, you try to be funny or you just want to speak your mind, and then you realize like five years later, like it's so embarrassing what I just said. Yeah. I mean, it's evolving it's, though. It's all growth, though. I think that's the only down part about social media is like you know, it, everybody just sees it at face value. Yeah. Oh, you said that, but yeah. there's no context as to like, yeah, I was 16 or 17 when I right, said that. Right, I was that, 16. So. I had the worst day ever. I my parents were divorcing. Yeah. I was I was high. Like all yeah. these, these, all these <laughs> other things going on, and nobody exactly. cares. All you, oh, you cursed or said whatever. Exactly. I'm guilty of that too, though. It's like you say something stupid and you don't give it time to like marinate. Like you don't wait a week to like say that song was whack, or you just like diss it right away because you know it'll be like, <clears> in your favor. And well, then you kind of feel like a dick about it like, later you, on looking back. True. Don't you yeah. guys think that too? The way everybody is so click clickbait hungry and want you know we're yeah, comedians yeah, yeah. on computer. You have to have a reaction right away. Like there's reviews of the Eminem album by <laughs> six AM and it came out at midnight. Yeah. Yeah. How good of an That's opinion can you have of something yeah. that you, you had six hours in your life? You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, it's about who puts it out first. Yeah, it's and it, it's not who it's the best review, it's who wrote the first review, which isn't True. I don't think that's fair. You know what I mean? No, and not I at think, all. Yeah, I think the first time I remember it was the Good Kid, Mad City album by Kendrick. Like so it was uh, held as a classic the first weekend, and I was like, it, I like it, but I don't know if I listen to this five yeah. years from now. You know, you don't. I think it turned out to be a classic. <laughs> hey, we're Keep It Basement Podcast here. Alex Nicholas got the Swings here. Tom Zappia and our special guest. Angelo Gingerelli. What's going on, everybody? Keep it basement. Thanks for coming hey. out. Did thank you. you. Did you want to do you. your own introduction, Hollywood? Tom's up here. I do. Alex just did what I like to do. You fucking horse. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm
I'm sorry. No, I no, just, I prefer when you do that. I'm just excited, you dude. Have a very soft voice. Yeah, we got a good, uh, dude. We got a, just Keep a dope comic, progress. dope individual here in general. So I'm ready. Cause thing is, every comic is usually it's super about comedy, but like Angelo definitely knows about hip hop and yeah, shit like that just too. As much, if not more. And he on a streetwear game, so we out here right <laughs> now, man. Yeah, man, hip hop and comedy, my two favorite things. <laughs> Goes together too, bro. I don't know who what would you what would you pick if you had to do one though. I don't know, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. Dude, right? I, I'm gonna take it like this. It's like if you ask me about a play a sport versus watch a sport, I want to play comedy and I want to be a fan of hip hop. Okay, is it fair? Yeah, like I want to. I want to. I want to listen to hip hop while I walk to the stage to do comedy. Yeah, I, I get well, that. Have you ever been in hip hop where you're like writing, like you're writing stuff and rapping, or no? You're no, that never. I have no, no musical right. talent. I'm a big fan. A <laughs> Just couple a student of the game. Though. Yeah, a couple rap battles after a few too many beers. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing really. Nothing really to speak about. But I'm just a big fan of the scene. Hell yeah! How the how the battle go? <laughs> I won, man. I was washing people. <laughs> yeah, if you guys if you guys remember when Eight Mile came out, everybody wanted to rap battle, everybody but they weren't hip hop people. By that point, I was like 10, 15 years into being a hip hop kid, so like oh, I had okay. such a wealth of knowledge to pull from. By the time like a frat boy was like, "Yo, let's battle like Eminem." I was like quoting underground Talib Kweli lyrics and stuff <laughs> people didn't know about because I just I was in that world and nobody yeah. else was. You know, so it's a huge advantage. Yeah. Oh man, right. this dude's amazing. Get him a record deal. You sitting there like you a fucking <laughs> idiot. Just, yeah. I, I got my I got my I got my uh, T-Mobile sidekick out with Rockus.com quoting <laughs> stuff from Key Style Battles. I on there. always wanted a sidekick. Me too. I, like if they ever brought it back. I would definitely get a sidekick. Like, remember when Tony Hawk came out with a sidekick? It was, yeah. like, silver. It had, like, the bird on it and everything like that. I was like, I want that sidekick. Do you remember head. LRG did a sidekick? Yes. In their, like, their camo print? Yeah. I remember wanting that really, really bad. <laughs> dude, the sidekick was... Do dude. Wasn't it only a T-Mobile thing? Yeah, you could never yeah. get any service. I have T-Mobile, too, which uh, is, like, why I'm like, dude, if they ever brought... Like, touchscreen sidekick... Yeah. Like, we're, like, that when it flips open, where you type on is touchscreen as well. Like Nudes could, look good on there. On a sidekick? <laughs> yeah. Why you had a sidekick? <laughs> nah, my buddy did, but like he showed me a girl before. Oh on yeah, sidekick. Yeah, <laughs> I remember he like slide it out. The, the, the passcode was crazy. I always just seem to be like that's so weird. What were you doing just now? Because definitely the people listening couldn't see what you were doing <laughs> with your hands. I was masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going like this, miming, typing, typing on a sidekick. You do like journalist stuff in hip hop. I do, man. I, the, I've been reviewing hip-hop, interviewing artists for a long time. The big thing I do now is I write a monthly column for the poprate.com called NJ Next, where I interview one up-and-coming artist a month. This past month just came out this week. You guys are familiar with Death Rugs? Have you heard of that company? Yeah. There's a guy in, he's in Ocean Township. Wait, wait. What's it called? I thought you said Death Rugs. I'm sorry. No, no, not, not Death Rugs. I didn't hang out with Show Knight this week. Um, <laughs> it's called real. Death Rugs. Not and this real. guy in Ocean Township is a lifelong hip-hop fan. He produced some songs in the, the mid-2000s. And now what he does is he takes artists logos or ports sometimes and makes them out of high quality oh, rugs. Oh, I heard of this. So he got he 20,000 yeah. Instagram followers and he gives them, he like, he's got rugs in like Chance the Rapper Studio, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, I Snoop Dogg has a rug from him. That's sick. Um, cool. So I got to hang out with him and go to his workshop and it's amazing, man. He takes, like, think about those intricate logos you've seen in hip hop. Yeah. And he does them out of carpet and they look amazing. Oh, shit. Dude. Yeah, it's really dope. That's my, his name's uh, Marshall Fox, and it's Def Rugs on social media. That's it's really I, cool stuff. So I've seen the tag. That's why I was like, right, I got to check that out then, especially. Shit, dude, we need to keep the basement rock. <laughs> I was thinking about that Doggy yeah. Style album cover. Oh, man. Damn. Snoop Dogg. 
you do some got it. It's always tough when you think about doing stuff with hip hop because there's always those licensing, licensing and shit. You never know like what you could do or get away with. Yeah, it's hard. Creating, right? Um, I think one thing he does to get a, he mostly gives them to artists, and at that point he has a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cosign. Yeah, it's at co- that point. Ex- yeah. exactly. All them corporations yeah. trying to get money it, off, right? It, and no if you I, like, if you tried to sell, for example, if you brought Death Row, the Death Row logo, yeah, whoever yeah, owns yeah, that yeah. is coming after you at yeah, some point. Yeah, yeah. But if you give it to people, what can they really, really do? You know, it's a present, man. But it's actually it's honestly like a really good checkmate when you think about it because you're making yourself known you're giving yourself yeah. the publicity well, without having to go with the whole getting sued yeah. thing mm-hmm. as well and, and that's what i would the uh what the angle i took on the article was he's found this cool like side door into the industry yeah. right that there's so many we know so many comics so many rappers so many musicians that are they're only thinking there's one lane to yeah, to yeah, making yeah. a living at this and he's proven every day there's another Lane. Like, oh. He combined two things nobody thought to combine before, which is custom rug making and hip hop, and he's he's doing it. You know, exactly. So that's hey, a wow. good example. There's different different ways to do things. You know, dude. Have especially. you ever heard of Steve Lobel? Yeah, he yeah yeah. He's like behind the scenes guy. Like he's saying the same thing. Like everyone's trying to be an artist. Everyone's trying to be like that a guy. But there's always a there's always like a backup plan, like management stuff. Yeah, like every you know? successful make, rapper has a, a team around. Them, sometimes the manager makes more than the artist. Yeah, no yeah. question. If you're, if, if you're a manager, manage a couple successful artists, you could be living better than your best artist. Yeah, that blows my mind because you don't have the contractual deal with the actual yeah, yeah, record label. Yeah. You don't have a contractual deal with whoever you're representing. Yeah. It's also Which, harder to fall off, too, if you're behind the scenes, right? Oh, yeah. You're not just one bad song away from people hating you. If yeah. you're a behind the scenes no. guy, you know what I mean, guy. You girl? Multiple stuff you're just looked at as the guy that discovered such and such. Right. Like, even like the whole thing with. I was talking to somebody recently, all these new kids, all these like, you know, like the SoundCloud kids and everything, a lot of them are still taking 360s, which is insane to me. It's bad. Like, it's real bad. Like, even like the kid, uh, he's from Jersey too, Skinny. Yeah, skinny I was from say, the skinny nine. From, uh, free Skinny. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, dude, I got a couple free, also free. Uh, my boy Zay got the bag. Uh, <laughs> he hangs out with Skinny. Uh, nah, I knew Isaiah when he was like skating around. Like, kid was talented as shit on the board. Like, but uh, he makes dope music too. But I mean, I think it's dope that Skinny like pulled up to his old high school, you know, in like the foreign car, all the kids like for the kids. But at the same time, it's like anybody knows how 360 works. It's like these people basically front you the money. So yeah. let's say they gave you a million dollars and you made two million off of everything, you only made a mil. Right. You still got to make the mil. And the fact of the matter is, if you're getting into dumb shit, like, you know what I mean? Like, like caught up in, like, cases and everything like that, I venues don't want to fuck with you. Yeah, well, they I don't want to fuck in, with I you. I think he's still in jail, too. Nah, I don't think he's so out? because uh, my boy said he's seen him uh, He's seen him in a parking lot somewhere. Mm. <laughs> 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 kids think he's hanging out in parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. He's, he's very easy to spot. You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's getting weird that 360s is still prevalent, even though. Independent independent deals have always proven way better. Right. You know, you know what, what I mean? You, like, know, you know what I think, man? I feel like when you talk to older artists, older comedians, you guys talk to Schultz, who's basically an indie comedian. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. If you're th- he's 30-something years old, right. he has some business sense, he's been around, he knows the game. Right. So he's like, I have X amount of fans, I can monetize that X amount of ways, right? Yeah. right. If you're 17 with a million Instagram followers and nobody in your family, nobody in your circle is a business person, maybe that 360 deal is just a way to filter through all these offers you're getting and a True. way to monitor, because you have no idea what to do with what you're being offered. Exactly. Whereas guys like us who've been around a little bit, I feel like I could monetize things myself. 
20 years ago, I yeah, don't, yeah, if I was yeah. a teenager, maybe I couldn't do it without a 360 deal to help me get through. I should make this deal. I shouldn't make this deal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, also, true. Yeah. But with the power of social media, too, I feel like you could also, it's dumb easy to act, to get access to somebody that could point you in the right direction, too. Right. You know what I mean? Like, because I think, like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of crazy because, like, if you, even if you take Skinny out of the picture and you bring in, like, Russ, like, Russ, once again, from like Jersey, Italian dude, like, and he's been, beats, he's been murdering, but he was like, yo, he was like, I came up off of, he's like, I got deals when I had my little following on SoundCloud. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? You know what like, no one realizes, though? You have to make money. You have to have money to make money. He had, like, a bunch of money saved, and that's what he used it on, like, everything, and so did 2 Chains. I heard 2 Chains had, like, 60 grand he had to spend on himself to make himself before he was himself. Was yeah. that before 2 Chains or before Titty Boy? It was Boy when he was Titty Boy, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Yo, I, one, one thing I think is well, con- That's why they'll do the 360. My point yeah, is, you have point. no money, yeah. So you're like, fuck! I can't like promote myself myself. Right. I have to like use someone else's money. The, right. That's the whole deal. And then they'll sign you in, and then you're fucked. True. The other thing that I that I've learned, you're not um, being savvy, being like hip hop tangent, if you will, uh, right next to hip hop. C- comedy is fairly cheap to get into, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. maybe a drinking room, an open the mic. Right. It's almost it's and to it's, start, it's transportation, start. right? It's got the best. Hip hop's you can't. Everyone says these guys make these songs in their in their bedroom. You can't really make a, a radio quality song on a laptop, right? Unless you're a little at some, po- at <laughs> some point, there's got to be a studio, an engineer. Yeah. Yeah. Or you got to buy the beats at some yeah. point, right? So I feel like, and then the image. You have to be able to sell that image to people to, to want to follow you on social media, right. which is, I think, a little bit different than comedy, where like hip-hop is just a more, much more expensive entry point than comedy is. True. No, most definitely. That's why I always tell Zappy about like comedy and other avenues. Like you got your internet comedians or like TV show. It all relates to comedy being funny. Hip hop is speaking your voice. They try to land other stuff like a TV show, actor. Like they're just using their voice to start out with. It's the same thing as comedy. That's why it's like weird. Like there's a guy who like Lil Dicky could have been a comedian probably. Like he tried to, he wanted to be. He said it took to. He said it would have took too long. That was his whole thing. I'm gonna be a rapper and make uh, comedy music. Right, and that's what he does. I mean, you guys fan just, of Lil Dicky or not? Yeah, uh, you know what it is? I actually think that he's very smart yeah, he's in terms smart. of what he puts out. Yeah. I know he could he can actually rap too. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like 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 I said, like can I listen to a whole Dicky album all the way through? Absolutely not. But like he definitely has like like anything that had a visual aid to it was yeah. super smart. Like the Chris Brown Freaky Friday thing what? of like finding like the nigger loophole is fucking amazing yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, I'm a yeah. black dude and I was like, yeah. that's smart as fuck. I was like, yeah, he got yeah. it. Like he got it off. I, like Alex, you, you you can't listen to the whole album. I can't find the little dicky song I want to hear twice. Yeah. Like, you don't you don't like him? <laughs> no, I I, I don't that, dislike yeah. him. But like Freaky Friday, I'm the like first time you see the video, you're like Oh, this is great. This, this is really is dope, funny. Yeah. The second time, you're like, all right, I get it. You know what's funny? The third time, I, I feel like, like if he was a comedian or if you guys knew someone who did what he did, you'd be mad because he literally like is a fan of hip-hop, obviously, but he didn't get in the game to be like a established rapper. He wanted like to have a TV show with Kevin Hart like he's doing. He wanted to like make money off marketing stuff. He's in a Madden commercial like he's doing. Like He didn't like... In a way, you'd be like, oh, this motherfucker's a user, and he's like he's like a culture, culture vulture. But in a way, at the same time, he's genuine to, about it, and he always said, like, my goal isn't to be like the greatest rapper ever. It's to do other stuff in other avenues. I mean, at the end of the day, we all just want to make a living. Yeah. But like I think like even Charlamagne said the best. The only way to sell out is if people want to buy in. Yeah, I interviewed Why you gonna? Why you 
gonna get why are you gonna get mad if somebody was offering me if somebody was like yo alex like listen i got this deal for you yo but you gotta do blues clues my nigga guess what <laughs> i'm doing it if yeah. it's for you're gonna say blue so cho- blue shoes i'll put they, a green sweater on in a second you know what blues chooses oh the, oh the fucking it? uh gum Vi- gum that. viagra or whatever oh no that blue chew yeah. i mean even that dude if you need me to be funny on a my dick doesn't work commercial fine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i'll do it like it i don't like i can't get mad at anybody that's like making money i can only get mad if somebody's making money and it's detrimental to the art form yeah, yeah. you get who, what i'm saying like the warren chirac been. who do you think that would be do you have anybody in warren that, chirac in that academics when he, academics like, the way the reason he blew up I like like the warren chirac about murder like yep. the people getting murdered and shit he was like making it as a joke it's kind of fucked up if i was to do that bro they would kill me black people yeah academics <laughs> takashi takashi 69 to a degree too because even though now he's doing the whole you know like on the angie martinez interview he was like yo i'm a troll like this is what i do before you weren't painting yourself as that you waited till you got on all the way but now you influence so many kids to act like a dickhead and like you're stirring up actual dudes in like Chicago. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I agree, man. Can I say something about Takashi real quick? Yeah, I actually don't hate his music as much as I think I should because I like to work out and do like physical it's not stuff. Bad. He's fired up. Now, it's I, not. I'm bad. not defending it. I'm saying like I'm not. It's kind of a guilty pleasure. Right? Yeah. But there's a song. There's a rap, New Jersey rapper named Ren Thomas. You guys ever heard of him? Mm-mm. Okay. He has a song out right now. He's done a, a stringer called uh, Ren Wednesdays. He's put a new song every Wednesday all summer. Okay. And one's called Little Raps. All right. And he takes Takashi Six Nine and just tells his life story in a way where he's kind of making fun of Six Nine for what he's making fun of him for, mm. but kind of justifying his existence of dad not in the picture, mom was in the trap music. Nobody ever showed the kid a better way to, to live. True. And now this kid's a, you know getting he cares more about Instagram hits and likes than he does about the art form of hip hop. Exactly. And it's almost like it, you know Ren Tom's very traditional. Battle, boom, bap, battle yeah, rapper. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right, right. But he's saying, like, we're, we're hating on the SoundCloud kid, but if you look at it from his perspective, how do you tell somebody that's a broke 18-year-old not to go make a million dollars? No, and I'm Judd. definitely not doing that. What I would definitely say is I would I would go out of my way by any means if I found the exact, uh, the exact blueprint to go ahead and make that first mill. But once it's put in my family in danger, yeah, once it's yeah, put yeah. in myself in danger, because this whole thing, like the first interview, he was like, man, nobody know where I live, da, da, da. I know a dude right now who's like, yo, I used to go to parties with him in New York. He was like, I know where his mother lives. Like, 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 like she's still in the same. If a regular everyday guy knows that, and now we're in the age of Twitter where, like, if somebody says something racist, they literally screenshot the video, and then people find, like, the person. Like, have you seen this? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, somebody will do some wild shit, say some wild shit, and then, like, they'll literally screenshot the person, and then all of a sudden you found their home address, where they work, blah, blah, Creepy. blah, and then they get fired all due to the power of Twitter. Imagine somebody that is a real shooter. That I tried to explain to Zabia. He laughed about it because, like, not to, like, sound like we're, like, worldly famous, but there was times where I would interview a Chicago rapper, and, like, he would always be like, New Jersey, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I would I would actually give away my, like, not address, but, like, say my city and represent it. And there was times where my Twitter mentions were, like, they're, we're coming to find you in Jersey. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> off an interview or something stupid I did. And I'm like, fuck, I realize why these guys who are, like, high up and successful, like, hide where they are, hide their family and do everything I, I, like that. I think yeah. one, one, one thing, and I, I, I've been a hip-hop fan from before the global movement. I've been a fan since about 1990. Okay. I was born in, in, way before that. How old but are you? 41. I just oh, turned shit. 41. Jesus Christ. And, I didn't know you were that old. 
No, yeah, yeah I, and I have that. I have no problem saying that because like I'd be a lame twenty year old. I'm a lit forty one year old. Oh fuck <laughs> yeah, bro! <laughs> but um, hell yeah. As I've seen hip hop grow, what I think the fans in the suburbs and the the like the college girls that like the music don't understand that there's a reality to this. Like the yeah, Chicago yeah, kids yeah, we're yeah. talking about, you go to frat party, sorority party, whatever. They're about that a, life. Just a night, you know, a, a whatever, like a. Uh, Porter in Asbury Park, right? Everybody's rapping along the Chief Keef. Yeah. So I understand, like when no that song idea. goes off, that's real for that kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just don't don't understand. There's there's consequences to what you say, and yeah. at some point you get you know say five thousand dollars for a club appearance, but you spend seven thousand dollars on security that lets you do the club appearance. So you don't get jacked at the show, and now you, that's why you go broke the last time. Why you get jacked? Why you're you know never uh, heard from? You again. know what I did? I yep. I tried to like like you guys would think it's funny, but like I knew my boundaries, but. I I was interviewing Montana 300, you know that is? Like I do Chicago not. Chicago rapper? Chicago, yeah, And uh, long story short, I was doing like Chicago lingo back and forth. I was asking him like, what does like lacking mean? Like doing like a goofy white voice yeah. and he was like telling me and it was just like funny but at the same time like in my mentions they were like saying like don't like fucking disrespect our slang and shit like that and I was like, oh fuck, like I realize how powerful yeah. like that culture in Chicago is. Like yeah. if they're like listening to my interview which is cool and I'm getting like traction but at the same time I'm getting like dissed. And that's why, like, I'm aware of, like, w- like you know what I mean. But not, you also do. But you also no, you're not. But you're also doing something right. It just shows the actual pride behind that type of lifestyle, yeah. though. You like, know what I mean? Think like, about I'm, the idiots who listen to me, like the goofy white kids. Like, oh, now I know what it means. Like, because like people were saying words. There was that phase in Chicago drill music where people were saying all this shit. And I was just asking, like, what does this mean? Like, and I was like using the definitions, and he was like telling me it was funny, but no, nah, yeah, it's real, no, nah, yeah, and, and comedy. And honestly, certain people are idiots too, because yeah, like they just, just want to respect where they're from. But at the same time, I think that also comes from not having a perspective of both. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, like I'm from Plainfield, so like I got lucky enough to where I was in an okay part, but like the hood was right there. Yeah. So it was like I know both ends of like when somebody's like legitimately trying to have a. Uh, understanding of something versus when someone's being disrespectful about something but then also yo there's dudes where it's like that's literally their life so of course they might take offense yeah it's nobody's wrong you know what i mean like in that situation sometimes you gotta entertain educate yeah exactly i I do this so much i don't think this is what you were doing at all when you deal with certain kind of kind of interview people that have no desire to actually learn or educate their audience and just want to make fun of a person yeah i think this goes for any kind of subculture now you're be, you're crossing a line into like I'm gonna humiliate this person so my audience laughs at it. Yeah, I don't think that's no, it was cool. never that. I, no, I'm not saying I don't no, think yeah, you no, were. No, no. I just think I don't I don't think that's a good way to go, especially with this newer generation of rappers where the people are dying over what's happening on Twitter exactly. and social media. It's not, you know, I guess that's always been a thing. Being today good being the anniversary of Tupac's passing away, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. People dying more about drugs. People. Yeah. That's a good segue. True. Right, yeah, that too. But well, I, guess, I mean, yeah. just like the academics thing, like. When you got somebody as conscious as Vic Mensa about to smack the shit out of you, you know you Vic fucked Mensa. up. Like, yeah. like Vic I, Mensa. I'm not mad at him now, but I'm saying his come up, as you said, in the war in Chirac. Like, how to make, like, he made it. Like, you know how you said you would, like, do a Blues Clues thing? Like, yeah. so he literally took any opportunity he could, and he realized, yo, Chirac's popping with drill music. Let me talk about the news there and, like, broadcast it. And talked then about it, it the was wrong a bad thing. Life. We That's talked what about it was. The he wrong. doesn't do that now. He could remove that page, but. That's how he became who he is. And that's much. that's one thing I think is incredibly unfair about the internet and the age we live in now. Yeah. That by him basically pointing and laughing at this scene, yeah. he's gonna right. have a longer career. He's never gonna have to worry about his personal safety again because you're gonna have corporations paying for security and stuff yeah. like that. Where the money. kids he was laughing at 
are, are dying and killing each other, and he gets to sit on a throne and be like, ah, look at all you idiots in Chicago. Well, yeah, he gets yeah, a million yeah. hits and a million likes and a deal with Complex and whatever else is next on his, on his agenda. I think that's unfair. I don't think he should be rewarded for that behavior, but he is. He has been rewarded for that behavior. Yeah, Do you guys because agree with that? there's no such thing as bad publicity. Right. That's the, and it's fucked up, but it's true. The fucked up part is, think about me or you doing that. We would be fucking finished as a white individual who knows hip-hop. Like yeah, if we were to talk it, about people in, the, in Chicago dying and getting killed, we oh, would be you, looked at. Are you kidding me? We yeah. would be fucked for life. Yeah, you, it's awful. Yeah, you, we would never make it off of that. No, you definitely wouldn't. Or it'd be like Vlad, maybe. But, but like, I mean, it also goes back to like the whole like the uh, the the nature of Uncle Tom. And, you know yeah. what I mean? The dude like back in the day, it was like slavery was around the dude that really kissed the white dude's ass the most and fucking was selling out their own people was the one that made it ahead. And yeah. that's exactly what all this shit is in the first place. Like. That's why like Russ gets hated on so much, and yeah, he does. and it's like, bro, he's keeping it a buck. I listen to both his interviews. That's a very smart kid. Yeah. Like we're the same age, and he's smart as fuck. Where he was like, these people are literally pushing fucking drug culture onto people that yeah, they don't. Are. Like yo, honestly, media pro- like like radio programming is crazy because Charlemagne said it. We call it radio programming because we can make you fucking like some shit whether you don't want to or not. Yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah. they want to or not. And they, and they got they got the formula perfect. It, it just it's amazing. I'll give you yes. an example real quick. I have a three year old daughter. Right? Okay. The, about a month ago, she was like, "Daddy, let me sing you my favorite song." And I'm like, "All right, I'm expecting nursery rhymes. <laughs> it's in my feelings by Drake." Wow. She's three and she's heard "In My Feelings" by Drake enough times to know. Like, that formula of that song is so good and appeals to such a base level of our brain functioning. A three-year-old absorbs it's it so and can sing it back yep. to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, and that's not that's not a terrible song. Like, no, the, it's no, a, not it's at kind all. Kind of a silly pop record. Yeah. But if she's picking that up at three, she's definitely by five getting you know, understand the fu- future and Migos and yeah. whatever else was hot on the radio at the time. Yeah, right? man. One of my uh, probably my proudest slash most embarrassing moment as a dad. When she first turned two last summer, the damn album by Kendrick was out. Yeah. And I was playing it constantly, thinking she couldn't understand it. So we're in a restaurant. She stands up in a booth, and I go, sit down. And she looks at me and goes, be humble. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so a two-year-old should understand Kendrick. Oh, but, uh, man, so got, that's got, amazing. Got, yeah, it was, it was a cool slash like weird moment where I'm like, all right, now I got to start centering the car a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have to before. Yeah, not to backtrack, but I feel like you guys give too much credit to Takashi 69 Like, you labeled him as like the... Tro- he does troll, obviously, he's but he didn't troll. start it. Like, he's, no, a, he's he an opportunist. Like, look at Fifty Cent. He's influenced he, by Fifty Cent. He didn't. Cent started he it. didn't start it, but he's on the grounds of he presented himself as an artist. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. remember, when he blew up, was off a of gummo, yeah, off a yeah, of yeah, world yeah. star. He doesn't even rap really. And the 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 whole image of him is like okay. was enough for him to be like, all right, now I can start talking crazy yeah. because one, you see him with bloods and everything like that. What what the public doesn't understand is yo. Crips and Bloods are now a fucking, like, actual functioning organization and a business. People pay Crips and Bloods. They're less corrupt than government officials. For protection. <laughs> no, you literally pay them for protection. So true. And you also, hey, okay, I wear a red racket at the same time. But whatever, bro, you paying yeah, us. Yeah, like, yeah. That's just yeah, how yeah, it yeah. goes. Like, as long as you keep paying us whatever, with that comes, oh, he co-signed by the streets. He must be crazy. Then it comes to, all right, I know I'm not about this shit, but... I got too much traction now. Fuck it. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up to Chicago at 4 a.m., which is once again power of inter- of the internet. Yeah, they re- people are smart enough to where they went. 
all right, yo, it was wet outside where he's standing in the hood. They got, Nobody's like, out they got there. like screenshots. Like there's a light over you there. You could hear birds down. chirping. Yeah. They're like, all right. They, somebody pulled up the weather forecast. It was like it didn't start raining until like 2 a.m. And he's like, and it stopped raining around 3, which means he got there around like 3.30, 4. Like they, they pieced that they all together. They got the video from O-Block or wherever it was from. They got a video of the, the uh, projects too. They're like, oh, yeah, we see his car pull up and leave. Yeah, they got it Insane. All. Yeah. yeah, but once again, you're willing to put yourself out there like that. Yeah. Literally walk into somewhere where you might die. The thing is, though, young fans think like he's like a creator of like the trolling and he's like not. thing, and like they Boonk. don't. Boonk is another one. Yeah, Fifty uh, Cent though did the same thing, but he was on records. Fifty's a bully though. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's a, like, like that's 50, the one thing. The 50, one, Fifty also. Fifty will smack you. Will smack you, but also yeah. kind of he got shot, told that story, yeah. and then one, when he was kind of became a bully, he was in the industry. He wasn't. He wasn't like Takashi Six Nine in the streets or Bloods. He had security and yeah. Dr. Dre and Eminem. Yeah. Well, early on, he was an outcast. Down like by Hunter Scope. Rob, yeah, Hunter. but uh, but I'm saying once he got, I guess then he was kind of doing what yeah, Takashi yeah, is now. Yeah, so yeah, you might like be right Hunter on that. Rob. But then once he got on, like once Get Rich or Die Trying came out, he was an industry guy. Yeah, yeah after yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, what really got him his traction was like even like when he was first rapping, like the story of Get Rich and Die Trying, where it was like. What was the one where he was literally going to everybody? He was like, he's like, nobody likes me. You know what I'm yeah, talking? Yeah, Life's yeah. on the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Take and then how did Rob is doing one too? That yeah. got everyone. He like literally dissed everyone in the industry. Yeah, that, like that's what started it. Yeah. But also when he came out with that was like around the same timeline. I think is when he got shot. It was like what like. I, right before, right after. I, I, right before, I think. Right I, tell me if I, I think it went. How to Rob came out. He got kind of like that song. Then he had a record deal. Then he got shot. Then he got dropped. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then, then the mixtapes hit. Then no, all the mixtapes yeah, hit. Yeah, he got yeah, shot yeah, yeah. because of that song, uh, Lord Forgive, the Southside song. Uh, because he was actually talking about Ghetto, ghetto Quran. Yeah, he was. says all the actual drug dealer Prince, names. Yeah, yeah, he was snitching on. It's like, in a way, snitching. But uh, the good thing I will say about Takashi Six Nine is the fact that he disses old rappers. It makes young, the younger generation go back and like listen to Ludacris now and be like, "Yo, Ludacris is nice." And like Ludacris True. sales go up because he was beefing with Ludacris. Yeah. But 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 everybody, yeah, but not everybody has the same understanding. Like me, like I'm 23, and but like Biggie, Woo, Nas, that was like car seat music for me. So I already yeah. had like an understanding of like what being yeah. able to rap was. Same. You got kids that are 18, 17, <laughs> 16 now that. Their influence is SoundCloud rap, which is like legitimately so the most weird. easy way. Like honestly, to me, SoundCloud rap to me, even though it's catchy, is kids that studied the game enough to kind of strip down the uh, the the bare minimums of how to make a record. You know what I mean? And yeah. then just put yeah. it out because it right. doesn't have to be high quality. Like what's his name? X before X die. X and Ski Mask. They they dropped yeah. their first mixtape that picked up fire like I think on a, no a shitty mic. It I was like a globe mic yeah, or something yeah. like that. I like, think a no jump. Migos started early. They were recording in a closet. Did you see the the Vice documentary? Yo, that? everybody does. Yeah. Dash, Dash is yeah. in Bergen County. Yo, yeah. Dash, he was like, yo, we had to turn the AC off because if we plugged the mic in, then the whole power was shut off. That's funny. You got to turn the humidifier off in the basement. I, I think one thing the SoundCloud generation does different and possibly better than the previous generation, the, the, the legends, Ludacris, 50 right. Cent, Ella Cool, do everything. Produce content? I, Promotion? They, both of those things, yes. 100% yes. But I was saying on, on an artistic level, you had to, if Jay-Z's rapping, right? Right. You got to think about that, right? And, oh, right. that's a clever line. I could feel that my brain likes Jay-Z or Ludacris or Eminem rapping, right? Right. My feelings or my heart likes the SoundCloud kid. 
because they free, they've kind of freebased the art form to the the feels. You know what I mean? Okay. So I'm gonna make a party record with. There's no lyrics you got to think about. It's all chorus. It's the same phrase over and over and over again. Around and the drugs that are cool now. Right. There's no thinking or deciphering lyrics. Like you don't need rap genius for Takashi Six Nine, right? Right. You need the website Rap Genius for Lloyd Banks, say. You know what I mean? Right. So right, I understand yeah, yeah. it I, as an old guy that doesn't really party anymore. That's not for me, right? Yeah, if yeah. I'm 17, partying every night, getting after it, you know, drinking, whatever it might be, I get why you'd like that real bass. Turn up music. Yeah. Turn up music. I get yeah, it. I mean, when I, I'm not going to lie. When I'm at a concert or like a venue or even like even a comedy show before the show starts, I always like like just that sound, like that bass just like doom, doom, doom. It's just like some, yeah, exactly. Like, that's always cool. No, it's always cool. Even like uh, if I was to ever spin a basement party, like, You'd hear a lot of shit like my ad, the ad libs are my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Also, oh, ad libs are amazing, dude. <laughs> that I, gets you going. Still to this day, I think Jim Jimmy Jones dips that best ad libs of all time. I laugh at ad libs <laughs> like that makes me laugh. Jim Jones's like, ad libs are amazing. Like, I know if you he, listen, he was like some some hundred thousand foot of bounty, and he just hear like a smaller Jim Jones <laughs> like that's paper towels. <laughs> 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 But that's paper towels, though. All right, talk about Mac Miller. I knew I was getting old when I was interviewing rappers, and Mac Miller was in their top five. I was like, yeah. shit, I'm old. Rest in peace to Mac Miller. I guess. Yeah, that dude was amazing. Obligated to say that. I, I knew I knew I got old when Mac Miller got super hot, like the uh, kids, kids that that yeah. era, right? And he had all billions of you know, millions of YouTube hits, and I didn't know who he was. I started watching his stuff, and I was like, I don't get this. This isn't for me. Now later, I liked his later stuff more, yeah, like movies faces. with the sound off, faces. I like faces was a lot. My, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the intro on faces is dope. Faces was amazing, was but it? faces is creepy to listen to now, though. Yeah, because, yeah. Well, like, a lot of it is. A he, lot of his music is. Yeah, he kind of he kind of called it, like you know, you can tell like, when he was on lean yeah, music. He's like, I might die before I detox, shit like that. That one, and then uh, I'm the bomb, literally back away. I'm the bomb. Like he was like literally just like, yo, he's dropping hints here, like you. Yeah. Something needs to give. The update on that is that they uh, didn't see him a lot of drugs around, and he was dead like hours before. I just read an article. Yeah, I just read an article on that. He was, they, he was definitely dead. Someone apparently some hours before his body was found, and then he had people probably over. thought he was asleep or something. People, though. yeah, they think that someone over. made a clean it like cleaned up the situation. Yeah, I heard that too. Like it could have been a bad batch of drugs, so the guy was like, "Oh, well, let me cover myself." And yeah, but if up. you think about allegedly, it, I don't know if that's true or not. Though. Yeah, but if you think about any time something like this happens, like somebody overdoses, somebody this that always. Foul play is always going to be uh, the talk. He wasn't in a but terrible space. I heard. No, apparently he had uh, so he had friends over the night before, right? And then a pe- like tracking back, they think everyone left or, like early morning, like four or five a.m. Right. There was like no, re- there's really no drugs. They didn't really find. Yeah. I think they found a little bit of coke, maybe like speckles. They didn't find and, fentanyl um, and nothing. No, they didn't find anything else. And then he wasn't discovered until noon. So that means if his friends left early morning and then he was found at noon, but they said he would die, he was definitely dead multiple hours before that. So you get gauge five six a.m. to noon, he died somewhere in between that, but less than that because he he was found after he had been dead for, for a few Going hours. Going on a tour too. Very so soon. imagine he's found at twelve, but he's been dead since nine a.m. That that little gap, like five a.m. to nine a.m. But like what? But no. they don't know what killed him. No, and it was pretty clean too, like the the area. Yeah, it was cl- it was clean, but they found enough in his system where like job. he definitely he he was definitely they were definitely doing drugs or whatever, and then 
It was he, just, he, I'm he saying it was just coke. But it wasn't so obvious. And then when his friends went to leave in the morning, they probitely they, they, they assumed he passed out. I was going to say, asleep. it's probably not that uncommon recurrence. Yeah, if you're partying not. like that for somebody that passed out and you just be like, well, I got to go home. It'll be all right. I think yeah. Amy Winehouse was like the same situation. Amy too, was, she was, she drank, yeah, she drank she herself. Drank herself that, but someone yeah, but died at a concert he was, too. He was they thought she was asleep. That was the He was always a hardcore drug addict. And then you right after the Ariana Grande shit, he fucking, he ripped his car around a telephone pole. He got the DUI. He was in a terrible state or whatever. But then he was getting then back on track. He was gonna go on tour. He was gonna do some. Put shit. an album out. Put Good an album out. Said he was. Said he was feeling. He did an interview. I guess a, a week or two ago before he died. He was like, "I'm feeling okay, whatever." Blah blah blah. Yeah. And then he probably Culture, just man. he partied well, too hard and went back to what he was. Well, Clancy. Doing, Clancy was sad. like he. Uh, his manager Christian Clancy uh, was like you know before like they didn't see it coming just because they were like. He was getting into the best shape of yeah. his life. Like he was getting back. Like he was like it doesn't really make sense to him why like anything happened. Yeah, but I feel as door. if if you quit drugs cold turkey for a little bit exactly. and then you hit it, you're not Hard. gonna hit it back with just a, I'll just do a little bit. Right. You're gonna like go in more than you would if you were regularly doing it. So I think at that point, you know, he might have. But they could have they could have just said that like he like they could have they could have been able to tell he it was from a heart attack from coke or something. So right. if they're not ruling it a heart attack, I don't know what else to really like. You're I mean, right about that's how a lot of people like go. That, they uh, it had to be something. Along people those who lines. relapse they'll they'll think they could take the ex- exact same amount they used to do. And you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too much of it. It's too much of a, a, much of a your shock. Body builds a tolerance over time. If you go cold turkey, you destroy that tolerance and you start again. Basically. Exactly. What's with this drug culture in hip hop? Like Future's like forty something, right, or like thirty, late thirties, but he like raps about all these pills, and I heard he doesn't even like take half them shits. He just knows his audience, like young. But but that but that's also. But that's also the fucked up thing, which is why, like, I was like, I couldn't really under, I can understand it, but it didn't make sense to me why a lot of these young kids, like I said, getting back to Russ, because he caught heat over the whole, like, how many fucking Zans do you have to pop yeah, before shirt, you realize you're an idiot? Cool but t-shirt. he's talking about the kids that are literally just listening to Future and doing all the shit that he's rapping about because it sounds cool, not because... Oh, I'm doing this to get away from whatever. It's like a lot of people create problems for themselves in their head. And that's the other thing too, is like a lot of people do You're shit right. just to fit in. You're and right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. the I can't thing relate to that, it's mad irresponsible on Future's part because it's like, bro, if you don't even do half the shit you're rapping about, why are you even rapping about it in the first place? There's two sides to it. Well, he could have just been saying that to like stay clean. Like he could have been like he probably does do shit, but he was making it seem like he was just doing it because his fans like that shit. Right. But he probably put, took like a political correct way to say like he's not a drug addict and he could be, but who knows? But uh, there's two ways that th- the situation's interesting because like people will judge you for like what you just said, like you either trying to fit in to do drugs, right? Or you actually have an addiction problem, which like I see both sides. Like I feel I feel both sides. Like, yeah, like people don't under, people make fun of addiction. They don't understand, like, bro, he's so rich. Like, why doesn't he do drugs? Who cares? No, no, no. It's so, not you know even it's to you can't deal with the shit. Like, for instance, I didn't understand addiction, addiction to a degree. It's I knew hard. it wasn't a joke, but like it wasn't until like I really started smoking cigarettes where I was like, Oh, this is what it's like to actually be like Oh, I kind of need this. Not like, and not in a bad way, but like, I mean, cigarettes like definitely the bottom fucking level of the ladder in terms of what you could really be addicted. People are addicted to coffee, you know, like, but like, guilty. Yeah, but Very like, guilty. I get the thought process now behind addiction in terms of just like that, just always in the back of your head. But like, I mean, just imagine taking something that's literally 
changing the way you think. Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, I, I think too, it's kind of unfair to be screaming on futures old, but the this teenage early twenty SoundCloud rappers when they, when they grew up in an era where their parents were using prescription drugs, right. and their parents, teachers, school nurses, doctors push prescription drugs on them. Right. Right. So if you got prescribed yeah. Xanax yeah. when you're twelve and your prescription is one pill a day, then you're fifteen is two pills a day, then you're eighteen is three pills a day, and now you're twenty five taking a bottle of Xanax. Is it really completely? It's it, no, it's bad. I would society never. No one fault. should ever do that. I won't blame fully for society. But if we're gonna have drug commercials on during NFL football games and have school nurses getting kids prescriptions, doctors the biggest class, drug dealers going. Yeah, I don't Especially think it's fully these kids, these kids' fault. Yeah, yeah, it's society. Totally too. not. But you know what? You know the thing is, some you know what's annoying is like people overdo it. Like everyone like will use an excuse. Like obviously addiction's a real thing, but then you have people who are fucking making fun of it in a way by saying I'm addicted to this and that when they're really not. They're just trying to have an excuse. I, I, yeah, I think that's not cool. Like, I know like, like Mask Off is probably Future's biggest hit or one of his yeah, biggest yeah, hits, yeah, right? Yeah. There's so Song starts off with him saying Molly Percocet, Molly Percocet, a hundred times in a row. It yeah. plays on the radio midday, right? Mm-hmm. And no one calls him out on that. But at the same point, Fox News goes at Kendrick for rapping on police brutality. Well, no, why don't you go after the rapper that is shouting out drug companies exactly. that buy the commercials during your show, Fox News, because right. that's the real problem. Exactly. Whose phone is going off? Sweeney's I'm taking control here. It's on my uh, laptop. It's on his laptop. Jesus, we were ju- we were getting so These good pills, too. It's a girl sending me uh, about the thing in Hoboken at Hub Bar. I told oh. her. Oh, well, just mute your laptop. I just did a classic uh, Sweeney uh, quote. These pills, lean and shit, is the new crack era. Yeah, but it is. Can I throw an idea? Like, just think about it. in ten years, you're gonna tell your remember like the crack epidemic, like New Jack City and all that. I mean, yo, it's, it's, like, it's it really the opiate is. epidemic. Hey, it's literally I, every drug has a hot period. Yeah, like the no '90s was crack. Right now, it's opiates. I don't know what this next one's gonna be. It could. I mean, there was like a Girl's ecstasy life. was like really short lived yeah, in terms late of like, 90s. Yeah, like, but other than that, I really don't see too many. That's the thing. It was still. It's still a uh, certain drugs big for certain situations. Like you go to the music raves, you got your ecstasy, your ass, whatever. You go to these crazy music festivals, whatever. This Xanax, these pills, the lean, all that shit. It's like no matter. I know people it's going a pro- to concerts. I know people sitting in their room and doing it. It's not yeah. like a setting thing. No, Everyone's saying, doing it. It's a but. What it is is it's a problem once the public starts becoming way more aware of it. Yeah. That's yeah. the but that's where it starts getting weird. Can we know? keep it? I, I want to throw some out there. Maybe you guys disagree with this. Maybe you agree with. It. I've been saying it for the last couple of years. Uh-huh. The opiate era that we live in now. Right. We're, we've been conditioned to feel bad for addicts. We blame the doctors. We blame the drug companies. We blame the parents. Right. Right. The crack era. Which is and the opiate era, let's say it's a, not predominantly, but affects the, the white upper class community, right? Right. During yeah, the crack yeah, era, eighties and nineties, right? We never blamed anybody else but the addicts, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the joke I always make: I work in South Orange, right? Okay. When the when the drug problem is in East Orange, which right. is what we call bad neighborhood, it's the addicts' fault. When right. the drug problem is in West Orange, which is a nice neighborhood with nice cars and lawns and picket fences, we blame. Doctors, drug companies, societies, health teachers. Yeah. It's a weird thing that when the crack era, nobody wants to show those addicts any kind of take their foot. You're the worst person ever. You should die and go to hell, lock them up forever, just say no to drugs. Yeah. But now that this problem is doctors, lawyers, dentists, private school kids, frat boys, sorority girls, now we're like, we need rehabilitation. We need to decriminalize opiates. We need to blame doctors and drug companies. Yeah. I think that's really unfair. Nobody gives a no, fuck about the hood. It's super, yeah. it's super unfair because, it's I mean, be like that. but it's super unfair because the one thing was, I mean, like, people aren't really open or receptive or even able to handle the truth that came with the crack era, but the whole thing is the crack era was legitimately something that was actually backed by the government. If you ever listen to Rick Ross, like the real Rick Ross, the real Rick Ross 
was dealing with suits. I'm sure Zappia knows who that is. No, I'm just saying, like, Freeway, Ricky Ross was dealing with no, actual Ross, suits. Not, like, not like, Ricky Rosé? No, it was a legitimate thing because it was something. They basically went to the hood and used them as test dummies. They did the same thing with menthol cigarettes. Right. They literally did. That's why it's a... That's why it's a stereotype that black people love cools because the, the, the story is, and I'm very sure it's very accurate, they actually went to the hood and was giving out free packs of cigarettes to everybody. Like, like, you know what I mean? Anybody that they saw, a kid, whatever, hey, you want some cigarettes? Like, legitimately gave away cigarettes. Like, so, like, step up now. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's say, hey, pharmaceutical companies is freaking is 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 going under, not going under, but not doing as well. How do we right. get to? How do we further the umbrella, spread out, and make sure we're selling enough drugs? Oh, easy, make it popular in pop culture. Once again, radio programming. We're gonna make that shit sit in your head. So after a while, you become desensitized to. Oh, that's Percocet or that's Annie. You're just like, oh, it's fuck, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, I'll pop, pop one or two. I'll be good. I'll be good. You know, yeah. like, that's what everybody thinks. But it's like, Xanax, you're dealing with synthetic heroin, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, like, that's real, real dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're dealing with synthetic yeah. heroin. People don't wake up High off of a half a bar sometimes. Uh, yeah, well, he, he was in this state, Mac Miller. He was always been doing these dr- drugs. But now, once the, uh, once the autopsy comes out in, like, a few weeks, and, you know, they'll be able to see what's inside of it, I'm sure we can, like... I got a strange feeling that they're not going to tell be. us the all the way truth about Probably that situation. Yeah, hey, is, it's, isn't it always like that though? Like with greats, yes. Famous, and to be a, and anybody, you know, it's just like. I mean, to be honest, I feel as if he might fall in that class. Yeah, but a lot, just, yeah, a lot of the speculation will be no one knows the whole story, whatever, and a lot, and a lot of times you'll never know. But it's just like. Well, put it this way: it's also you gotta you gotta understand that before news like that comes out, it's always there's always somebody upstairs that's going, "Can the public handle this?" You know what I mean? What would you rather do? Go, all right, like, because imagine it was Xanax or something. You know what I mean? That's exactly what made his heart stop. I guarantee you that pharmaceutical companies so powerful that they would be like, you might want to rule it as something else. You know what I mean? Like, like just because, imagine, Xanax killed Mac Miller. Do you know how many people would just stop? Fucking with Zan. You would hope. You would hope. No, no, no. I'm telling you. People are taking Zanny bars. It's a difference. It's crazy how, like, I didn't even realize that, like, you you have your white girls who give you, like, a Xanax or you'd, like, know about a Xanax. It's, like, 0.25. It's really nothing. And there's people who, like, that take five of them at one time. That's fucking crazy. You black out. Oh, build up up a tolerance. How the fuck is that possible? Why would anyone want to be like that? You can't even, like, function, be incoherent. Like, even with, like, Coke, though. Like, uh, like, and almost every other person I know does coke. Like a white, like one in three people I white know people. does mad coke. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and I'm just like, some people are like so like just into I don't the get awe why. of it. it only of like, like, like they're not, they can't, they can't get coke. Like, hey, can you get me? They can't get coke. Then they, they're taking a fucking Adderall. They're breaking it open. And then they're just snorting yeah. Then they the can't inside. get their dick like, hard. Then they take a Viagra too. Like, are you that desperate to get off on a drug that is just gonna fucking make I've you go that. psycho for two hours anyway? And like, and like, and like a guy like Mac Miller who's like, uh, you know, okay, grant, he's granted he was going through a breakup to depression or whatever. But he was getting back into a healthy state. He was but always like, he's always in an It's just addiction. Like you're not gonna get off it. Like don't get hooked on it, or, you're, or it's gonna be hard to get off it. Like like I know these guys do well, coke. It's like go ahead do coke. They don't want me to like I don't do coke. Okay? It's I'm just because you. it's so normalized. Once yeah, again. exactly. Like, it's like that's coke used to be looked at like like to me it's like oh my god coke and then all my friends do it and I'm like I'm not gonna do it. But it's like I don't even say anything to them. I'm like all right go ahead. Like I don't give my money. whole thing is you're rolling the dice when you do coke because you don't know what you're getting unless you're getting it straight from the cartel. <laughs> which already your life is in danger as it is. <laughs> if you're not, you know how many times that same coke has been 
stepped on in terms of like oh cutting it up with baby laxative B12. But like the the one thing is, if there's even B12 a bit of fentanyl in there, you're finished. You're literally rolling the dice. Like every bag you buy, it's like, bro. At the end, it's like Zappy has luck. First time doing coke, he dies. And there's people who are like drug addicts for years and never are. <laughs> but that's how that it goes. That would be both of yeah. them. Yo, that's innocent. Not, uh, yo, what's his name? You you know who I'm talking about? He was supposed to be better than Jordan. Fucking uh, Lim Bias. Oh yeah, yeah. Lim Bias died the night he got drafted. Yeah, coke. Um. You know that, what? I, didn't, they, didn't they do a thirty for thirty about that? His heart exploded. So. And there's some shit. Yeah, he was into drugs, but before... Oh, no, I'm thinking of another guy. I'm thinking of a guy... Um, Yeah, but Len Bias was definitely a coke addict. I'm thinking... Sorry, I'm thinking of a guy, Ben something, who was supposed to be just as good as Jordan. Ben... But he oh. got... he. I think he got shot. And it wasn't drugs. I'm just getting two guys confused, sorry. Oh, yeah, no. But, he, no he, he, right. he didn't dude, choose dude, to get shot, dude. dude. <laughs> you, you know what I mean. You know what I, what I think dude, is another crazy. side to so many, like, Mac Miller or any, any famous person? Yeah. If you created your best work on drug X, whatever yeah. it is, yeah, right? Yeah, you get scared, you need it. Yeah. And, and uh, like, I guess we're going to talk about the Eminem album at some point, but that, that Relapse album from almost 10 years ago, that whole thing is about him thinking he can't write without drugs. Yeah. Um, He's like doing weird fucking flows and shit, yeah. Yeah. I met um, Mac Miller, actually. He's a nice guy at Starland Ballroom at uh, the concert, and I even told my friend, I'm like, dude, I, he had, uh, we were backstage and we were watching perform. My friend took pictures, did press, got to meet him. He was a really cool guy. His team was cool. But I remember, I was like, dude, his cup is strong as fuck. He had a cup he was drinking, and you could smell the Bacardi or rum or the Bacardi vodka, whatever it was. From, from like, my point to the stage, I could smell his drink. And I'm like, dude, he's a fucking, he's, like, lit up, and he's, like, really good at performing while he's fucked up. And, like, he was boozing all night and performing, and they loved it. It was a good show. But, like, I, I remember, I was like, dude, you, he was strong as fuck. I could get smell past that. it. Him. Uh, this is, like, 2015. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with it to to an extent just because like for instance i like my mom's a teacher so like i'm under 26 still so i have great insurance <laughs> right now and she's definitely always like just every now and then will be like you know if you need to talk to a psych or whatever like bro it's covered you could just go all you gotta do is set the appointment and i've literally not gone off the strength of am i gonna be funny after yeah you get what i'm saying yeah. like, like and that's well, so i definitely get think it about in how terms of being funnier. dependent on something well like, think uh, think about from a um from a comedy perspective right if right. you if you just say for example stopped at a wawa and got a quesadilla on the way to your best set the next set you're like well that's my routine now right then he so becomes ocd yeah. like me right yeah. and that routine can easily become two beers three beers yep Whatever drink, Long Island iced tea, whatever. I see how it happens. I'm, I'm I not... saw a video of Mac Miller doing lean with French Montana. He's like, dude, that's too much. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I sent you I that. I think that. Mac was definitely also just a guy to go overboard. On. A party he guy. Was a party yeah. guy. He was. Yeah. Look how he got big. He was. He had all these like you know kids like the early stuff. He had big hits that were going popping off for like high school kids. Like I remember when kids came out. What was that like? 2010, 2009? I don't know. So I was just starting high school, and literally people were, like, obsessed with this guy. And high school is when, you know... Relatable, it's he was it's younger. Par it's party life. Like, a lot of high school kids like partying. You like to drink or whatever. And he was he was literally the same age as everyone. Like, he was making great music. Who was yeah. the same age as the people he was making the music His for. experimentation. And you just want to get into that party life. And he was like, fuck yeah, I wanna, I'm a party guy, too. I'm the one making the music. And he definitely just went overboard and everything. So when he's drinking, he's drinking more. Like, he, he just got into so much. 
And yeah. when he's doing these drugs, he's doing more than like your average guy who's studying. You also have he's, a, he's a fucking famous. But you, rapper. but you also have access to more and people. He was aware though. I think they went to rehab. He helped people out. He helped Ben Baller out. Ben Baller shared a story, like an emotional story, saying that Mac Miller got him help when he needed it. I don't know what it's for. Probably lean, whatever. But he's helped people out in hip hop, in the hip hop world. And he was fucking 26. genuine, great guy. It's, it's amazing how young he was. I didn't realize he was about eighteen at the he first album. I guess twenty six. He was popping bro. off by nineteen. He was popping off. What's weird is the relationship with Wiz Khalifa. It's like after they did that tour together and like with the from the same city, knew the same people. They, they like Wiz Khalifa seemed to be uh, he like not as cool as Mac Miller, and I guess he told Mac he like warned him about stuff certain times. I don't know. It's weird though. Him it, and Wiz Khalifa's relationship. It seems to me like once they kind of did that tour, Wiz made a conscious decision to be a pop star, right? Yeah. His famous girlfriend, famous wife, black and yellow is a pop. Star. You know, his big hits are pop. He probably stars. knew about Mac's, uh, Mac's Mac stuff Mi- too. Mac Miller decided I want to take care of my fans, and if my fans are all eighteen to twenty-two year old. This this one demo, I'm making music for them from now on. The great Whereas thing, Wiz makes pop songs. Right. The great thing about Mac Miller is like I went to the concert, it was all like young ass girls, right? But at the same time, he'll like big up Big L and he has like a tattoo of Big L on him that the one song he did, and he's like a hip hop head, so it like helps hip hop. I don't know why people hate on Mac Miller because he actually helps hip hop and he he like brings in a new audience of like kids, like as he said, party kids. And, and all of a sudden, them. he's like throwing samples of a real hip hop song in there or like bigging up Big L and like that helps hip hop in general. Well, yeah, yeah, I think he actually had like he just had like a respect for the music like yeah, he exactly. was he like if you think about it he was just after Eminem it was kind of cooled down for a while and then when Mac kind of popped off I didn't really know a lot of people hating on him a lot like people were hating on him because he blew up quickly and he was like the next big thing white if you think about it after Eminem but like a lot of people were like eh, I don't fuck with his music he's too maybe he's too poppy maybe he's too much for the younger demo but like he was just like really into the music like he his, wasn't like looking for anything for I think he actually liked rapping he you know he shouted out the, the big names who came before him like he wasn't just like a, he wasn't just like a Takashi looking for like whatever he was trying to make you know, good music that like young people would like, and he was like, he was really the next big thing after Eminem when it comes to white rapping, and, which is usually shitted on. And I've been saying, he shouted him out. I, I've said, I, I remember that. I've heard for a while that I've been saying for a while, way before he passed away. I think his future was more in production than as an artist. I think he would have eventually kind of retired from rapping and produced for other people. And been really good at that because the beats he made, Larry Fisherman is his like production name. Yeah. Yeah. They're dope. Very good. They're good. Yo. And, and you could do that forever. He, he put another. He, he put a lot of people on. He put Action Bronson on. A lot of people. Dude, but on my whole, Vince Staples. Staples. yeah, my whole my whole thing with the whole like a lot of people didn't give him the credit he deserved either. Like the whole meme that went around where it was like Ariana Grande and her ex, and then somebody was like, "Nah, that's Mac Miller and his ex." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which like, is, that's just that's just stupid. Those are the people who wrote that are they're just, trying no, to get no, no, they're trying but, to get views on a blog. No, no, no. Bro. But I reposted it, and there's like a couple girls that I'm friends with that are like, "This is a woman hating post," and I'm like, "Explain to me how." And they're like, mm, "Because you're downgrade." I'm like, "No, listen. In terms of talent and who's a better musician, Mac blows her out the water." I was like. Yo, the public doesn't even know how to read credits still. Also, you're you know bl- what I also, mean? Also, Song credits. I'm like, go through Ariana's entire discography. See who wrote and produced. Maybe you're I'm like, she's an amazing, amazing singer, amazing fucking performer. But in terms of all around a better musician, yo, Mac plays most of the instruments he samples anyway. Yeah. He writes his yeah, own he music. He's a great piece. And he's a he great piece. Dude, he could play a guitar like a guitar, motherfucker. Piano, a lot of people, a lot of guitar, shit. piano, drums, he does it all. But well, to, and to sit there and go, oh, it's just because he's a man, you want to sit? No, he was blowing that girl out the fucking water. Were they, music-wise. Were they mad also because they kind of people blame the death of him? 
Well, yeah, uh, I didn't do. That. I, I didn't blame I that. At well, that's all. why. I, if I was a girl, because, I'd be mad. I'd be like, because, what the fuck? Because I feel for her because I know for yeah. a fact that even though she's dating she Pete, comments, even though she's dating Pete, this dude probably now Pete got to console her because she's bawling her goddamn eyes out. Like yeah, she like, didn't fucking a, hate the dude. Like no, you know yeah, what I mean? He, he was getting too much into drugs, and she yeah. wasn't about it. And yeah. It's also I mean, not like he was on. It's not really her fault, as people say. No, I fucked up to say that. It's not like he was on a straight and narrow of life the whole time they were dating him before, and then he broke up and he went down a really bad path. She would help. He was having problems. You know. That drug issues his whole life, yeah, his whole professional life since he started. Yeah. yeah, like I don't. What are you saying? No, I was just gonna switch a topic, kind yeah, of back ahead. to him a little bit. I was asking if you think journalists get the respect they deserve because I used to do like mm. interviews here and there. I and have a journalist very interesting. Degree, yeah, you never bring and uh, hip hop journalists, I feel, don't get the d- respect they deserve. Like for an example, say if like, a Jersey rapper blows up and makes it big. There's like sometimes there's there's people who like get get all big and like don't even like put you on like you help them out you write articles you work with them all of a sudden he's like rich and famous he says fuck New Jersey and the people there you oh know what I mean? real quick funny story Asbury Asbury Hip Hop Fest was in the beginning of August I shouted him out about a half hour ago Ren Thomas one of my favorite New Jersey rappers real yeah. good guy I've interviewed him on more than one occasion and he had some T-shirts at the show and he was selling himself at the table right so I'm like oh man let me get a medium and he looks at me and goes I think you need a small. <laughs> And I was like, did I just get beaten a rap battle by Ren Thomas? Like, oh, what, shit. what just happened? And I bought it anyway. I took it home, put it on. I was like, he was right. Kind of washing the hot water. Uh, but, I wish um, I did the medium. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it's a weird thing where I think people that are not into the, this kind of music just look down on it so much they can't imagine a rapper would have a lot to say beyond his music or their story being compelling, which I think most of them do, or a lot of the ones I've had the chance to meet have, yeah. have great stories or great interviews or as entertaining as any comic or professor or any other you know, entertaining type person I've been around before. Right. Um, so I don't know. I think it, we live in a weird time, too, where anybody can be a journalist, and people yeah. can drop interviews by themselves. You know what I mean? Like, like think they about consider the, Joe Budden a journalist. Like, I don't even know. Some people said that I have a journalist abilities, and I'm thinking, like, I'm not really a journalist. Like, Sweeney, since you think I... Uh, it's all in how know, you like package like, it, though. In yeah. terms of journalism and hip hop and shit. Wait, wait, wait. What did you say? Since I don't know anything about hip hop, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I have a journalism degree that you failed to mention, uh, I actually did a album review for some website once, kind of like what Angelo does, but you definitely do it more. Literally, the thing about journalism. Real right, quick, yeah, he didn't yeah. say I do it better. He says I do it more. I yeah. think it's about passion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing around. I don't do, no, it's I wrote, a backhanded compliment. I'm messing around. Here's the dilemma. I did an album review of "To Pimp a Butterfly," but you know, but yeah, all right. Here's the dilemma. How, how to go. You're, and you're, you know you're not a journalist. How to go. Here's the dilemma, though. Uh, yeah. With journalists, like, say if you're, like, a GQ journalist or, like, NY- New York Times, you know nothing about hip-hop, like, you'll just say, like, Joe Budden's the hip-hop Howard Stern. Like, they know nothing about hip-hop, but they're great writers. So, like, technically, yeah, you're a great writer, you're a great journalist, but in my eyes, the best journalists are the ones who are passionate about the craft, and a lot of these writers of are from a different perspective and don't know shit about it. You're talking about of journalism, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I find well, that. I mean, Joe Budden has all the tools to be a journalist, though, when you think about it. That's he's what figured I said. out writing. He's very articulate. He's very, very calculated. Well, he's very, very calculated, too. He's like, like a media I'm journalist. not going to lie. Joe Budden, Joe Budden could probably be a good lawyer. <laughs> like a really good lawyer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like straight up, like, if you've ever seen him debate with people, like, the kind of disconnection that he has in terms of just getting the point across and not taking it. He he's has his moments where he takes stuff personally, but like you could also see him still disconnect from himself and still well, what's interesting drive is, the point home. I a, think he'd be good at journalism. What, the like, point of Joe Budden is weird because It's all opinionated his, anyway, right? His gift was what was his gift? To be an artist? Because literally he he didn't have critically claim success as an artist people say pump it and up then baby he, then he became a journalist and he's getting this like new wave of fame 
and now he's labeled the hip hop Howard Stern in, in uh, New York Times. Hip hop Howard Stern should be Charlemagne. Yeah, yeah, they already told they already called him that. It's stupid. They called two people that. What does it mean? Nah, it, it should he be Charlemagne. What podcast? He has percent Charlemagne. I I would say Charlemagne. Hundred percent because Joe Budden, even Charlemagne says that Joe Budden created his own wave with the podcast, and Howard Stern doesn't even like podcasts. So like, you can't call someone that. Well, Howard Stern doesn't. Howard Stern doesn't like podcasts because he's on radio. Yeah, and he thinks it's like any geek could do it, which is true. But he does not like podcasts. No, no, he literally said I don't like. No, no, he doesn't like podcasts. But I know what your point is. But we could talk about it. He doesn't. (laughs) He doesn't (laughs) genuinely in his head not like podcasts. You think Howard Stern's ever listened to a podcast? He said I don't listen to podcasts. It's a bunch of geeks on a mic. It's stupid. He doesn't. That's what I'm saying. I said, do you you think he's ever listened to podcasts? No. Yes. Well, that most definitely. Of course, you would study what's going to freaking wipe out your fucking career. Think about it. You work so hard to get on the radio. And retired ten years ago, he's still fine. Once Sirius XM started happening, that's when it was like literally like the decline in terms of just radio in general. But the thing is, it's he's the godfather, so it's like him and then everybody else. So doesn't matter. Be fine, because I mean, he made radio. It doesn't matter lives. though. But you could be general. the godfather and still not be relevant. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. You can't. Money. You can't. Larry Bird is probably one of the best to ever do it, but Larry Bird get yammed on by like a high schooler right See, now. Side, side note, like I hate not... this. Side note, I hate this. You ever hear the? Sorry, this is completely off topic. The <sighs> team, the current like Team USA versus the '92 Olympic team, who would win? You know, like, oh, when the debate yeah, comes out during yeah, the Olympics and shit. Yeah. Today's team would fucking kick the shit out of them. Because I you think look, so. You look uh, at how much smaller evolution, players are. Evolu- evolution, evolution, evolution yeah. speed, muscle, whatever. I don't know why I said that. But because when you, everyone always brings up Larry Bird, Larry Bird, Larry Bird, I'm like, yes, Larry Bird was incredible. LeBron James is so ridiculously better than he ever was. It's not even fun. Yeah. Uh, can I, can I real sorry. quick? I think the 92 team might be the one like asterisk in your argument. They're, it was so good. It's 11 Hall of Famers and Christian Leitner. True. Every other team from back then I agree with. And to, to make your point, go home and put on ESPN Classic of any game pre-say 2000. It looks yeah. like it's in slow motion. It yeah. doesn't even look like the same that's, sport that's we know now. Yeah. I think there's a couple, like maybe some of those Yankee teams that are like all-time greats would have always been great. That dream team might have always been Football great. Football and basketball is a special um, case. Baseball will so always physical. have the same pace. But, I, but for the most, I overwhelmingly agree with you with it. the one asterisk. I think that 92 team might be a little different with that many all-time greats. You're right, with it. that many all-time greats. But I'm just saying in terms of um, like physical the 90, body and what right. we're doing, I'll, like guys I'll, weren't hitting the gym. I'll say much. the better team that would play together might be the 92. But like, I, I mean, cur- but I'm saying current day now though Talent I mean wise. just by brute force by brute force yeah. I feel like those dudes exactly like you can't you, there's nothing you could do like try I've seen people trying to stop LeBron that's like trying to stop like a fucking like like a, a dodge fu- like a literal truck his hairline's like, getting better and better man I know the stronger he gets the better <laughs> he went to LA more doctors yeah, yeah, bro. They got, a, they got a team behind that hairline. Yo, basketball gets money, bro. Listen, yeah, Magic no. bought himself out of HIV. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. And freaking possible. LeBron got his hairline. Like back. they don't. Like they, what else? They have like I'm gonna beat nature money. Yes, yeah, hairlines, yeah, yeah, yeah. age. I'm going to win the battle against. They also all retired NBA players look great. Yes, right. Go watch NBA tonight. Remember Barkley, Shaq. Like they, they take they, that potion. Scottie Pippen still looks like he did when he was playing for the Bulls. Yeah, he looks amazing. They, they don't black don't crack. Black don't crack. Uh, even like, even, even the white Starks. guys. Look John at Steve Starks Kerr. Too. Look at Steve Kerr on the bench of the Warriors. Right he looks like he could put on a uniform and go right now. Yep. General yeah. Oli, whatever his name is from the Spurs. Nobly. He looks old as fuck. Though. Oh, j- everybody on the Spurs looks old. Yeah, even the coach. Tim Duncan looks like they're the wash team. Tim Duncan looks like an axe murderer. Everybody looks like an axe murderer on the Spurs, and then everybody that plays for the Knicks. 
looks like every dude you would see playing basketball at LA Fitness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> every you, the Knicks yeah. my entire life. Obviously, you get players from everywhere. They draft. Yeah. They all look like they're from New York City. Like it looks they like really every, do. Every guy that's ever been on the Knicks takes the uniform off, puts on Tim's baggy jeans, a white tee, and a Yankee fitted, and walks out and walks takes the train out. home. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Shows up to practice with a bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah. Yeah, let's do this, bro. <laughs> Snapple. Let's Sorry. What do you want to talk about? I was going to say there's like 45 beats yeah, going right now. What do you want to talk about next since Zapia ruined the last topic about no, how he's doing Charlamagne? You I'm love fucking with Zapia. I got a good topic. Look how mad he's I'm a weirdo. I like Howard Stern. So if I was to interview him, I always wanted to ask him this question. I was like, say if you were starting out in your 20s and you didn't know which way to move like to go in your career and radios, it is what it is now. It's very hard. Like he used to travel from state to state to get a job, right? It's different now. You could just talk on a mic like, you know, on the internet or podcast. I said, like, I would ask him, like, what would you do to try to make it? And I really believe he would fucking start a podcast if he was, like, in the 20s. And No, like, shit, that was my whole point that you shitted on before. I'm tra- so I'm trying to bring it back shit. for you, dumbass, because I understand. All right, then shut your mouth. He's kind of being hypocritical, though, when he made fun of podcasts, even well, though it was a few years ago. I, I, think, I think Howard Stern, and I'm a fan of Howard Stern. Me too. Hates podcasts the way Eminem hates SoundCloud rappers. Yes. There's this thing breathing True. down my neck and about to take my spot. And I got to do something to stop it. I got to tell my That's fans not example. to like it. You're, my whole point to that whole thing was you're never going to promote or like your competition. If, I mean, a lot. some people will, like nice people will. But I'm saying in a situation like this where Remember Stern what is said? just... Schultz is a special case. He's like, radio? How do you want to do radio? Yeah. And like he's, well, his he, friend Charlemagne is, is number one radio because guy. Because what did we bring up to him? We brought up YouTube comedians. We brought up internet, whatever. And he said he loves all that because it helps him. Why would I hate what's going to help me? Is podcasting helping Howard Stern? No. It's not helping him, but since he, in my opinion, he already he's has that audience It's not guys. really hurting him. He has people who are going to listen to him he's every day, no matter what. It's yeah, not no that. I would somebody say 80% of Stern's listeners aren't listening to podcasts no, anyway. No, no but. They might be. Everyone listens no, to podcasts if you're a fan no, of older fans. You got to understand that it's also, like, you got to. You, you got to factor in homie's ego, too. Yeah, when somebody's an calling you the godfather of fucking radio, but something's killing radio, of course you wouldn't want to contribute to what's killing your legacy. I know, it's my whole that, point. That's the whole, like, no, like, like yes. he would never, fun. I don't think he would ever do a podcast. Well, I, 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 fa- I found I think, it very interesting. I think it, he would be very bitter about it. Like, because the whole thing is, even if po- podcasting is already killing radio, People in radio are saying that you know already, what, you but know, whatever's left of it, you're still going to stick until the fucking yeah, wheels You know what he'll do? He'll do, do a he'll do what Larry King does. He'll have like a talk show on the internet. Like, uh, well, it's what Charlamagne YouTube. does, right? Yeah. He's the, take Howard out of the mix. He's the biggest radio personality in the world. right? Basically, right. he's in a conversation for that, and he does a podcast. Because right. exactly. he sees the writing on the wall. He sees... He, he helps younger talent. The, the, other thing, the other thing is this. He Howard's, brings up younger talent. Howard's older. His fan base is older. He's got no reason to do new He has that fat contract. He's going to retire and die with the fat contract. Charlemagne yeah. just turned forty, I think. Yeah. He's he's got to see two steps ahead because he's twenty years from now. He needs to check. He's yeah, doing. A, he's going to do a point. show. He's going to do a TV show too. Yeah. Um, Look what Letterman did. After well, the crazy the thing is though, like I asked Schultz about it, and Schultz like, why would you do radio? Like everyone now, like I don't think you could become a Charlemagne through radio anymore. I think it has to be different barriers. So you think Charlemagne was the last radio star? No, not necessarily. But I'm saying like you can't do what he did. Mm-hmm. He went to Carolina, Philly. 
And he got hot off of the Wendy Williams radio talk nope. show, which is like something that's not even, it, it is hip hop, but it's like more about drama, gossip, and that helped him elevate his career to Philly and then the Breakfast Club, New York. He cared about he radio got, so much, he just did what he had to do to get where he's at. It, w- it wasn't necessarily radio, it was just a voice, you know what I mean? Like like a podcast is the same thing if you think about it, you're just speaking your voice. Uh, and you, think about, YouTube, his voice. Think and about how much more easy access is. You want to bust your ass working, you know, four to six a.m. shifts at some shitty radio station when you could just sit in your house with a laptop and you get a podcast. It's like, different like, now. Like right. three well, I think the, right the now. One, the one thing that is, well, I agree podcasts are 100% the future. No question that. I think there's yet to be a way for a lot of people to monetize them the way there is a terrestrial yeah, radio. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's hard to live off. There's very few people living off a podcast uh, now. Like, whereas everybody on the radio is getting a decent check doing it. I think we're going to see next. Not really. Well, but the bigger stations, the bigger markets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Charlemagne doesn't need a day job. Right, yeah, yeah, his yeah. radio check feeds his yeah, family. Yeah, five hours a w- um, five hours a day, crazy, right? But um, I'm not saying it's deserving. He's, it's no, hard no, work. It's no, great no, job. no, no, I know, I know it. But it's I think crazy. until cool. po- until podcasts are monetized with radio is, and there's a model of you can make X amount of dollars a month with X amount of advertisers, and there's a, like a structure. I think it's going to still be viewed as a, a geek in his basement, like Howard Stern said. And not a legitimate business. Like Unless you're like famous, thing. which pisses me off. Like if you're famous and celebrity, people will listen to your podcast regardless, and then you get and money. Advertisers from it. will buy. And you have like three episodes. You can't just be. You can't just be doing a pod. Like me and Alex do comedy. We, you, us, the three of us do comedy. Mike does radio. You can't just go, uh, some random person. You know, go in your basement and start a podcast. Like you bring in other avenues. Yeah. Like Schultz and and Charlemagne have a huge podcast because Charlemagne's a huge radio guy and Schultz is a huge comedian. That's yeah. why. The, that's why they have three hundred thousand subscribers. You know what I mean? He's like, the radio You got to. You got to. Bring in avenues from different ways to contribute to a podcast. Same I mean, time, it kind of makes you. It makes the hoop bigger. Yeah, yeah score, it's very. Know? Know? It's, it's like, basic, Schultz was saying that. it's more basic than you think. It's literally Charlemagne has a voice. He wants to spread it to as many people as he can throughout the world, and that's what he does. Radio, it's his voice. Mm-hmm. Well, like no, you could do that shit on a podcast radio, too. So he does everything. Yeah, radio, podcast, wrote a book. He does the shows. Yeah, everything. Become an author now. And it was a beef. The beef with Rory Mall, Joe Budden, uh, Schultz. Yeah. That's a fucking w- podcast beef. That's a thing. It's crazy thing. Yeah, it's, it's happening. How funny it's is happening. that? It's happening. Podcast Jesus. guys are beefing. The only internet beef that used to exist was like what? Fucking eBay bid wars, maybe. That was it. That is true. Though, like, you came up. You came up. That made me think about like stuff yeah. though. But like Schultz kind of doesn't understand hip hop culture and like there's people who make like. He does. But he doesn't say. You don't but think he, he does? does. But he doesn't say he does. What did he say to us? He doesn't. But like, he, he was like, "What does Maul do? What does Rory do?" But they can literally make six-figure checks off artists and stuff and make money. But I understand his point. Like, what's your gift? But in the same way, Rory's giving the gift of putting other people on and like helping the culture of hip hop. So that's a gift in a way. Look, there's too much. But hating. I understood what he meant. Do, he meant like being support, an entertainer, just, making yeah. people laugh, et cetera, et cetera. There's too much hate. Show, I can't fucking blow that guy enough. Like, there's too much bitching and moaning. Like, he literally said, I like Roy, I like Mom. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. have beef with him. Well, I know, I'm just you saying. You don't have to start this with about me. About the like, gift thing. I just, uh, he literally was respectfully saying, that we did it as a bite because it sounded great. Like, I don't, he, he was like, I don't know what Rory and Mom do. And he paused, he's like, do you know? Like, and I'm like, like uh, it sounded gushy, <laughs> but he was being genuine. He was like, yeah, yeah. I like him a lot. Rory's always cool with me. Like, I don't understand why we have to have this beef. I just want to know why you have to shit on me. I'm a, I'm a touring comedian who sells out fucking clubs and theaters. I think he said why, he would do why the... Why is it... Let's just support him. He, he could just do the podcast, he would just do that, but you obviously can't because you need other avenues to make money. Exactly, and, and, he's, and he's been doing comedy for a long time. It's not like he's just some... You know, some uh, a PA for some for Charlemagne or for some schmuck yeah. who he just brought on. He has his own career. 
Like, you think, the hip-hop heads think Brilliant Idiots, oh, Charlemagne. Like, the non-comedy people, the hip-hop heads. And Schultz is a second thing in their head. But Schultz brings his own thing to it. Like, he, he's a comedian. Yeah, you always need he's a He's not just some PA that Schult- that Charlemagne was like, all right, let's do a podcast. You know, he, originally, fucking, they were going to have Lil Duval in the Breakfast Club originally as another member. Because you need Duvall a comedian. Said that, yeah. Instead yeah. of Envy? Or no, instead? just an extra guy. Oh, not the fourth comedian. person. Yeah. Okay. Like, because, like, a comedian is always winning, if you think about it. You always need a funny person. And yeah. Charlemagne labels himself not as a comedian, even though he's funny. Whoa! Can I give my take on Kamikaze real quick? Yes, please. Did you listen to my review? Check out our review on Keep Basement YouTube. I will check it out. This is my this is my review of every album Eminem's made this decade. So from relapse until right now, whatever that is, four or five albums. It's like watching gymnastics in the Olympics. You can tell he's very skilled. It took an incredible amount of hard work and effort, but you don't really need to hear it more than every four years. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. we're, it's like we're watching the Spurs play basketball. This is fundamentally sound. It's incredibly <laughs> yeah. talented. Yeah. But I'm good to listen to this album once and then move on to the next thing. Yeah. Well, that album came out on a Friday, right? I was still on my way to work that day. I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm really spitting. I listened to it again when I worked out that day. By Saturday at lunch, I was like, I'm done. I'm moving on to the next album, which for me was the, the Bun B album, which I thought was really good. Yeah. Um, that, I think that's the day and age that we're in too. Is that content always yeah. comes out so quick and so fast that like the the yeah the the attention span yeah. that yeah. we just and have. I, th- I think our attention span is shorter, and that kind of rap. Well, I mean, I'm the biggest fan of a rapper boring out and just spitting as anybody yeah, in the world. Yeah. But for somebody like him, it's like it's so skilled and so multi layered, and you you listen to it, you get it's almost like stand up. You once you hear the punchline once, it's never you never heard it for the first time again, right? Exactly. Yeah, and like, like yeah. once you hear him go, he goes to Charlemagne twice, he goes to Machine Gun Kelly. This is Tyler the Creator, and you're right. like. All right, I got it. Maybe these guys will respond. I'll watch that once, and then uh, I'm gonna go back to listening to the Drake album or whatever I was listening. You know, oh like yeah, he called fun, out Tyler. He called records. out Tyler for Earl writing stuff. Yeah, on, right? well, or I like think that. Tyler doesn't create anything. Something to that effect. Something like that. I mean, I personally, I think on M's part is that he's just throwing out light jabs, and whoever's dumb enough to bite yeah. onto <laughs> it is the one that's gonna catch it. Right. So I really think Machine Gun Kelly put out a way better diss track than I thought was that he was going to put out. Yeah, right. everyone it said was it right. was actually like he it was, some legs. No, no, he really did, but it, it, it's M. Yeah, like you're exactly. not – like all he's doing now, uh, like you'd be an idiot if you think M's not going to say something after You know what's fact. funny? Like, like, I, wait, have you guys watched the Sway interviews recently, the Eminem Sway interviews? I've seen, I've seen clips of I've one. watched both of them, and M literally just said he actually had a good uh, – <laughs> he said he actually had a good response back for Machine Gun Kelly. I thought that was the realest thing anyone could say. Because yeah. Machine Gun Kelly is not some great rapper or anything. Well, no, that the was response the was a good response. The, the other thing that's weird is the people, I, I, like Odd Future, clearly influenced by D12. There's no way you can argue that, right? That they're D12, influenced by Eminem and D12. That was, whole horrorcore scene. I would say I would definitely would say D12. I would also say uh, NERD. Fa- uh, fairly really, kind of a combination of the two, right? Dipset. D12 was Dipset something too. special. Oh, like, but like with, with a Joe Button, and, and I feel like M's, to clap back to Joel Button, MG Kelly, or uh, Machine Gun Kelly is, you guys are doing me. You're following my blueprint. They, Machine, Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem, both white guys from the Midwest, cultivated a following where they lived, got co-signed by a, a successful black artist and blew up. Machine Gun Kelly didn't really blow up, but he had moderate success and blew up. And then Joel Button, right. was, Joel Button was really, in my opinion, the first artist to figure out, I'm going to turn my life into a train wreck on social media and then rap about that train wreck. All the King Magazine models, the rest, and stuff like he, that. He was and on M, YouTube early, by the way. And M did that first. M was the first person, to, not the first, but kind of Tupac might have been first. But I'm going to make my life purposely a train wreck with Kim, Mariah Carey, all these other celebrities I'm getting beefs with, and I'm going to rap about that circus I turned my life into. 
So he's fighting with two guys that he clearly influenced. So how, right. what can they possibly say besides, oh, thanks, Marshall, you gave me the blueprint of my career? Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Uh, I mean, I made a good point. He wants to destroy Machine Gun Kelly, but he doesn't want to make him bigger. That's always interesting because if you get dissed by Eminem, that's a fucking win no matter what because you're, you're, everything's going up, your money, your sales. Even if you get roasted by Eminem, people are going to look at you and be like, oh, you're going against Eminem. Okay. I'm going to go super regional with this reference. I don't like much of Machine Gun Kelly's music. I like the Eminem disc. I think he came at him pretty hard. But his first single was a song called Wild Boy with Waka Flocka. Do you guys know yeah. that? That song, literally, I, I grew up in Tom's River, New Jersey, right at the Jersey Shore. The only thing I think about song comes on is me getting off exit 82 on the Garden State Parkway, mm-hmm. driving across the bridge to Seaside and getting rid of while out for the night. <laughs> it just puts me in a like, down the shore, get after it mentality. Yeah. Um, that's the only song I really like besides the new Eminem disc. Um, ba- and basically in my review, a Kamikaze review, I just talk about how Eminem did the right thing because he had less to lose by dropping a surprise album because people wouldn't shit on it as quickly as they did with Revival because he promoted that motherfucker like it was the greatest album ever, like it was Watch yeah. the Throne or something. You promote for six months. Shit. And uh, he had those stupid ad commercials, like Revival, like like stupid like drug commercials, and it was just trash. And then he realized that, and his fan base is so big anyway, and the stands will purchase it. He said, fuck it, I'm going to drop the album without warning, and it was actually good because you didn't have time to like hate on it, and it's actually a pretty good album. You, yeah. didn't, you, didn't, I agree. you didn't have time to build an unrealistic I said that shit, and then he said it. Isn't that crazy? I mean, you it's, you no, did, yeah, it's, but you know, to know, you know what like, you're talking yeah, about, I mean, man. Like, do you, you guys, as comedy and hip-hop guys, do you think Eminem is funny? I definitely do. Yeah. I think he's. he's from, I think funny. lyrically he's funny, but Lyric- like those commercials he makes, or like when he tries to be, f- I don't find his like skits and stuff entertaining. I, I do. I th- the one on the funny. album's funny no, when I, he's going to the journalist's house who gave a bad review. He's like, "I'm on the way," Paul, and, and Paul's like, "Don't go to his house." And right. like the, the skits and the f- the album are funny. Some of them, okay. Because what I think it is is the skits and stuff like that. Anything that has a visual aid, he's kind of. Playing yeah, the, the caricature of what the public already thinks of him yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think that M is funniest when he's really being him, which is from a pen standpoint. That's what that's what like, uh, what is it? When I say it, I meant it. I stayed the minute. I throw a stroller at you with a baby in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> like, the, that's the funny M in my life. Yeah, like that. that. Like, he's hilarious. Well, like, yeah, he'll like, just, like, when he takes quick jabs for, like, nothing. Like, he when he did a... Uh, Right after Dre signed him, and what, what song where he fucking makes fun of Dre for beating his wife, and he's like for guilty, be- guilty conscience. Yeah, yeah like for, he just didn't give a fuck, and yeah, for, and Dre literally made his career essentially. Yeah, like, for beating his wife, even the uh, the the. And Dre it, was like, it was so good, so he couldn't even like, couldn't even you know. Even in him. Eight Mile, fucking uh, Eight Mile, you've been at this plant so long, you a plant. <laughs> 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 I think lyrically very funny. His so other attempts funny. at funny, I don't, I don't find humor in. But I do think like lyrically, he's, he's a clever. Great. He's a I clever like him dude. In interviews man. too, like his quiet, low key sarcasm. Have you seen the interview with uh, Colbert? It's funny. Yeah, they, 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 they did it on like a Detroit like public access show. It's funny. Yeah, as yeah. Fuck. It's, I think it's from a couple years ago. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he pulls off sarcasm brilliantly because yeah. he's that intelligent. He's funny That's and funny the, people. Yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. He is too. Yeah. Fuck you, Ray Romano. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck you, Ray Romano. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw that. Oh, it's mad funny. You've never seen that movie? Funny People? As a comic, it, you got to see it. It's about... Uh, it's about Did Sandler produce it, it, and write that whole thing? It's not. It's, it's Judd Apatow, isn't Judd it? Judd Apatow, but it's loosely based off of how uh, Nick Swartzen got picked up by... Uh, Sandler? By Sandler, yeah. Yeah, I know of it. I don't think I ever watched it from front to back. It's worth a couple hours of the time. As a, I don't think it's a great movie, but as a comic, it's something you should probably see. All right. Oh, definitely. It's the... As a comic, it's the... Uh, it's what your dream, what every comic dreams, what's hap- what happened to them. You know what I mean? In terms of like, it, it could still happen, but uh, 
you know, the whole, hey, man, some random dude just fucking saw me. Now he wants to take me on the fucking pays road. He pays him a thousand a week, I yeah. think, right in the movie. He pays me a thousand a week just to write jokes for him. So I'm and just doing that. open all for him sometimes. Bro, like, oh, my God. Dude, listen, anybody listening out there, if you pay me a thousand dollars a week, I'll give you my whole shit. <laughs> 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 I'll start from scratch again. I don't give a fuck. On this new thousand al- a week, dude. On this new album, Eminem said that he had a song, and but Dr. Dre uh, said, "Don't put it out; it's too far." And I was wondering what could be too far for Eminem. And I guess in this climate now, I guess it's different. Even Eminem has to fucking like not say certain things. Probably talking about killing the president or some shit like that. Maybe. maybe. And Dre right, was like, or- "Don't do it; it's too f- too much." And then and Eminem was like, "This way, I, I realized it was too much." And Dre was right; like he had uh, creative say and input in the album. And I guess it shows because it's a better album than the last one. I, I agree. I think they, they're best together. They're yeah. by far best when Dre got and balances some. Input. Both. on what yeah. they're doing, you know what I mean? You I have think to. M's worst material when he's not with Dre, in my opinion. I got a question about hip hop yes. beef. What's the equivalent to like Eminem, like Eminem dissing you? What about in comedy? Like, what is it, like Dave Chappelle dissing you? Yes. Like, is it? It's Dave a, Chappelle. Chris, you, there's a yeah. couple, probably, right? Do you want a comedian to diss you, though? I feel like in rap, you want no. a rapper not to even diss you. I don't, close to the same amount don't. of comedy beef that there is as rap beef. Like, there's nobody purposely taking a shot. Another comedian in their act, like you don't hear Dave Chappelle shit well, on. Nah, Chris Rock in his act. they did. I mean, he he did the whole Key and Peele thing where he was like, I had to watch Key and Peele do my whole fucking show every night. Like, that's like, a good example, but that's also at, because they had two successful shows. No, nah, right. I'm saying, but it, but it's it, it's at, at that at that high level, there's not that many examples that I could think of. Is there yeah. people hating like, on Kev, like Mike Epps and Kevin Hart, oh, Cat okay. Williams, Kevin Hart? Uh, you know, there's definitely beef. I'm just saying you don't hear it as much in the content. No, you it, no it's no not no the avenue for that. No, right. that back in the day it was back in yeah. the day dudes right. were just freaking letting them fly like right. honestly my favorite era of comedy is like that that 80s the 80s bro like, like the, eddie murphy that era eddie murphy that, yo lenny bruce freaking uh red fox richard pryor uh like all those dudes uh even dudes on like the chitlin circuit like black like black acts that you'll like never like hear about or like you do if you do your like your homework but like those dudes were like name dropping and they were just letting them fly because they weren't filming specials they weren't tape they were taping sets and just Mm -hmm. putting the album out like just a dirty ass club you know like and that's what i fucking like it was pure back then everybody's too scared now to say what they mean i got a question now you got comedy central roast you got roast battles too. yeah but roast battles is like some those battles are some fake shit it's friends on friends like played out but a lot of, but a lot, Tacky. some of the time. In Don't the get me wrong; those the, two comics will hate each other. No, I'm saying those, there's a lot of shit talking behind people's backs nah. in places like the comedy hall, the comedy. Yeah, but it's, it's not, not like everyone loves each other. But it's not the same thing. Like the the whole thing is even like 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 I've had a couple like run-ins with like an actual industry setting within comedy where I notice how flimsy and fake the shit is. You know what I mean? Like, or even the whole thing of like, oh. uh... You know, we got a dude that came in to feature. I'm hosting on the show. So when I'm going to get his credits, at first it's like, oh, yeah, just say blah, blah. Like that air of arrogance. And then when they got to follow you after they figure out, oh, you're nice, it's a whole different, it's a different person. You know what I mean? Like, and I've seen that, I've seen it happen with other people. Like, somebody's like, yeah, just make sure you don't fuck this up, blah, blah. Dude comes off stage and he's like, yo, you're mad good, dude. I didn't even do it. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's just everybody. Nah, but just everybody. Everybody's scared to say what they think. Everybody like the the real thing about comedian beef. The real thing. So I forgot who said it. It was on Twitter, but they're like comedian beef is real because everybody knows where you're gonna be at, and comics usually don't have fucking security, security anyway. Yeah. yeah. So if it's a real, and I think that's where where it goes wrong is. 
No, not where it goes wrong. That's what keeps everybody in check. The dudes that aren't about smacking somebody when they see them usually keep their mouth shut and just do the whole. But That's like, fair. I would honestly like when people speak their mind, like well, especially like yeah. I think. There's um, I don't know about we're, you know me and Zappy do a lot of stuff down in Asbury Park. You guys get down there once in a while, but yeah, there's a lot of open mics where comics will make fun of each other at the mic. And like I've been doing this joke on stage of like why that's stupid is I, I don't think a Netflix executive looks at that and says the fifth open mic comic did such a good job <laughs> making fun of the third and fourth open mic comic. Yeah, Let's exactly. give him an hour special. Exactly. Like, it's it's such a disposable thing. Like I'm why would you even even do that? Exactly. Um, nah. Of course. That being said, the last time I saw you two guys was at the Saint. I think the hacks two year yeah. where all I did was make fun of other comics. <laughs> but that was and funny. That was but in, in theory, I don't like that. But in practice, I will do it occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but that was like a show too. Like the whole when you're making fun of other comics on an open mic, it's like it's just deflection. Because yeah. you know, fuck, all right, if they suck, I'm going to suck. So what can I do to, like, get everybody on my side? I'm going to throw this dude under the bus. Right. Which is just some fucking, yeah, this dude, nobody's getting famous out of Mike. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I agree. I do your material, it's work on so something, and make connections and shout, shout well. out Sam Stevens for 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 that. Always sticks in my head every time. Like we were all, I remember all of us were stressing. Sam was just like, "Dude, we're not getting fucking famous, dude. It's fucking open mic. Like, yeah, you know, Sam's amazing. No, yeah. I was supposed to go against him in the March Madness Finals at Stress Factory. Don't know what happened with that. Do you, but, know, uh, <laughs> do you know? Do you know? Uh, you know how like in hip hop, say if you want to be a rapper. You kind of influenced by rappers. You listen to old rappers in comedy. Do people have to go back and listen to like Red Fox or Richard Pryor, like you said, or do they? You don't. Nope. Ha- no, I you feel don't. Like no one does. Right? You don't have to. With me, I took more of a, like I can honestly say like I'm a student of the shit in terms of a plus, right? in terms of I looked at comics now. I've looked at today, and I'm not hearing material. All I'm hearing is cadence and mm, okay. how to go into something, how to hide it, how to sidestep out of something like. There's different eras that are great at certain shit. Like, for example, the 70s and the 80s, those were the era of the tight fives. I Having like a tight five. Because I, the whole thing is to do an hour, right? Yeah. Instead of looking at it as, I got to build 30 minutes, yeah, I only need fucking six five-minute sets. Do a half hour. Yeah. That's it. Like, like, You know what I mean? And from there comes structure. But, like, now it's so – right now I feel like it's it's the era of – one who's got the best pen, who's a better writer, and also who's got the best crowd work right now, I'd say. Because back then, you didn't really have to do crowd work. It was literally all just set up, punchline, set up, punchline, set up, punchline. You're just murdering them. Well, it's also just evolving. Like you mentioned crowd work. Big J just put out a crowd work album. No, nah, that's what I'm saying. Now you can do that. Crowd work a lot oh, of the Todd's time. amazing. Like, Todd's amazing. It's just, you know, evolving. In the 70s, 80s, comedy's brand new. Nobody's thinking about crowd no, work. No, no, They're no. thinking about being funny. No, exactly. But that's why I'm saying it's important you do go back. Because, like. I do, but I'm just I'm, I'm just as guilty as I, I, you know, I listened to Pete Davidson interview once. He's like, because like, they're asking him, like, who you know, Pryor's the greatest, Carlin's the greatest. So you go back and watch them swing each up the fuck up with your phone. And uh, <laughs> okay, but at the time of this interview, so Pete was no, like, I'm, I'm 21 off. years old. And I, I'll be honest with you, I've never listened to a, a full Richard Pryor album or a George Carlin album. And I'm like, I'm kind of sitting there with them right there, like, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I've gone back sh- and listened. My you thing should. is, my thing is, but, but you should. But the age difference, it's just not necessary. It's, like, it's not that you're, 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 what you're taking is age difference and ref- and putting that up against the material that he's using. Fuck the material. Listen to just literally how he enters a joke, how he leaves one, the crowd reaction, how, like, the pace that he sets. Like, 
all that it's easy the material is so easy reading because we've evolved as society so like we've got technology so of course the shit that Pryor's talking about you probably won't be able to relate to but the whole thing is the actual just ground foundation of oh this is shit that i need to learn in order to build on what i have now we have way more so by far we should be we should honestly technically speaking be better than prior based off of the access to shit that we have now i agree yeah. that's like my whole thing but like a lot of people are missing the tr- like the overall foundation they got the wheels and the nice handlebars but you don't got a frame for your fucking bike what the fuck you gonna do with that right. that's the whole that's the whole thing and that goes right hand in hand with why we touched on this like uh last episode or whatever that's why a Tonight Show spot used to matter so much more than yes. it does now. Yes. You're, you know, comedy was was newer back then. Like, you didn't need to have all this shit. Go- you need to have a funny act. Now you get the internet. We got podcasts. We got Twitter. We got all this shit. So, yeah, we should. We, you technically, you know, if, if you're doing it as long as, if you're doing comedy as long as Pryor did when he was did live on Sunset Strip, you should probably be better than Pryor. Yeah. Like you just said. You probably should be. Should. But you should. But then the other side of the argument is subjective. you're not. Richard Pryor is amazing, obviously. But amazing. Sp- yeah. His whole life up to his life on the strip doing stand up. If you're a comic with the same amount of years in the game now, you've divided that time between stand up, tweets, mm-hmm. Instagram, yeah. a YouTube show, podcasting. It's a weird thing. Like there's all these these vent, different avenues in the game, but that that dissipates where you can put your energy, right? Right. Because even if you get up every night. You might have got it three times a night back in the 70s because you didn't have to get home and edit your podcast. Exactly. You didn't have to go exactly. and put up a YouTube video. You didn't have to be on social media three posts a day or whatever it was. Right. So it's like, I don't know what's what's better. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 advancing with time and it's just different times, more avenues. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to be perfecting your act every single night when you can have money coming in other ways through a podcast or whatever. Like, like I complain but you at say this point that in my life because I'm not getting up as much during the week as you're I You're not think as good I'm, when you don't get up as much like a muscle. I'm about to get into that. I, I I would be preferring to get up twenty to twenty five times a week, you know, like some people do. If you live in the city, a lot of people do, you know, compared to but not doing that. But if you're getting up two three times a week, you're enjoying it, whatever. But then, like you said, you're going home, you're editing your podcast, you have a big social media following, you're like a you know you're like an academics on top of it, and stand up's kind of a second thought. When Richard Pryor's blown up, it's stand up comedy, and that's it, nothing else. I think I think one thing I would say to that is as good as the internet is, podcasting is. Once you, if that pops for you, eventually you're going to be asked to do stuff in front of a live crowd. Right. And having some reps under your belt doing stand up yeah. two, three times a week isn't going to hurt. No. You know Honestly, what I mean? If you're, I, if you're a big YouTube guy, guy, girl, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. can't perform in front of a crowd and bring people into a bar and make them buy drinks and buy food and support these thousands, that, that's funny you you're not going to last. Well, yeah, that's, Char- that's Charlemagne had a TV show on Common Sense, too, right? And uh, Jar- Gerard Carmichael was on the breakfast recently. He's like, you know what I want to do? I want to get the guys from Shade Room and Ball Alert, the top comments, and have them on a TV show and interview them about their life, like the people who make funny comments and like blow up. And Charlemagne's like, I kind of tried that already. Um, I tried that. At, no, like the actual like individual Joe Schmo like dissing somebody like it's like a weirdo at home. But anyway, Charlemagne's like, I tried to do that already. with Uncommon Sense it was a TV show on MTV too, where he would take the like the funniest internet personalities, right, or the guys on social media or Instagram, and bring them on live TV. And like literally, like over seventy percent of them failed the thing where they were like too socially awkward and couldn't even be on a camera and be nervous, but they could be like have Twitter fingers and like be funny on social I, media. I, I, so it's all different. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a different thing. I don't hate internet people. Yeah. I think they're that they're doing their thing. They're, Live people are doing they their thing. They can do multi, multi and some some stuff. people can do multiple. Some yeah. people can't. Some people are just Twitter fingers, like you said. And then there's people we know that go to open mics and are so funny. 
and their social media is just just nothing. Yeah, just that's not, not entertaining yeah. at or all. Weird you're gonna find ones who are good at both. You're gonna find ones who are good at one or good at none. It's if you do a podcast or radio or have experience interviewing people, or like like for instance, I know for a fact like the people on the podcast, the comedians, they're using their podcast as a practice platform to w- think what's funny and then go on stage and say it and like practice the way they storytell. Because I know fucking Schultz. I listen to Schultz and the shit he was saying at the stress factor. He was saying it on his pod on the podcast with uh, Charlemagne, and when Charlemagne was laughing, like that's the shit he was using. So like I think it helps like if say I, I don't even do stand up say if I did do it I think I'd be okay because of the fact where I had experience like I could go on air and entertain people but it's just the fact of the people in the crowd that's a different thing whole another game very true yeah. completely agree definitely agree Steve Harvey's that. interesting I was listening to something he was saying he started late as fuck like twenty seven thirties and he was saying that he did start late he he didn't like listen to any like he didn't even know what a comedy club was he started because he was writing for a comedian and they gave, he gave him ten dollars a joke back in like the day. And then he and then he realized like the girl was like you're funny why don't you go to the comedy club that's where this guy uses your jokes he's like what's a comedy club and then he mm-hmm. went and he fell in love with it and long story short he pretty much said that you don't learn anything from killing only failing and bombing he said anytime he did really good and like was like really overconfident he said like he didn't learn anything from that but he learned from all the times he got like he was in a car for years like homeless and uh, fucking bombed on stage like you learn more from that. Thought that was interesting. As well, you should. Man. Oh, yeah. Tough times may freaking make you figure the shit out way quicker. You yeah, know well, what I mean? Yeah. Well, I was mentioning that to you last night because you're in a, a similar position. Like, like you, like me, Angelo, Alex. You're not gonna know the intricacies of like I didn't know. I almost you could almost say didn't know what a comedy club was until I started doing comedy. You're not gonna really know until you get into it. But you hang out with us down in the at the club down in the scene, so you kind of know what it is. That's like and, a real and loser. The, and you do the podcast with us. So, like, you kind of know what it's like, but, like, you're not going to know what the a... The stage is a different thing. Yeah, you're not going to know until you really get on, on there and understand time. what's going on. <laughs> it's not like... You're, you're in this very similar to what, what he was, so it's like... You, you're, like, you know, you're a halfway point. You understand it as much as we do, but you just don't... You know, we... You're going to learn even more when you do it. How about this? Uh, Gerard Carmichael, I don't know if we ever talked about this. He's pr- he produced a show with a comedian with no audience. Yeah, it was... Um, what's Drew it? Michaels. No, Drew That's Michael. Drew Michael. It's like just you and your thoughts, and... Uh, isn't that kind of like I like I, I liked it. it honestly, like because the way that they produced it and how it was presented visually Is it out was yet? the same feeling that you got, like a this D, is, like a DJ DJing in an no, empty club. No, this is uh kind of, but like like kind of exactly. But going back to prior, the same Shot feeling I got from watching Drews is like the same feeling I got from I watching think. a prior album, which is like literally. You're watching some kid just work out his thoughts in front of you. You're working out demons. Like, well, this well, that's what they said was attractive about a prior yeah, show yeah, yeah. or just listening to a prior album is he's literally the, the audience might as well not be there. Carmichael like, said that, it was, that was, it was uh, battle tested though through uh, real audiences. Well, so it's yeah. out. Where can I see well, it? Huh? Where can I see it? It's, it's like out. It's already out. Yeah, I streamed it. I just that's found another it. thing. Carmichael said that there's so many Netflix specials now, and like, and they were saying like it's like so oversaturated that like doing shit like this is cool because it's different, you know? Like very yeah, different. No yeah. one's like watching all these Netflix specials out. So even Schultz was saying, remember, instead of like wasting my it. time doing a Netflix special, I'll put out content online and it'll get me it. more shows. Schultz right. knows he's got new jokes. You put that shit out on YouTube. He's got, and he's right, dude. These these Comedy Central half fashion. hours, these Comedy Central half hours, will get a hundred thousand views, a couple hundred thousand a lot views. Of them are boring. You put it on YouTube. You put it on fucking Twitter. You put it on Instagram. Millions. Yeah, I think one you thing that's that interesting thing? about the um the Gerard Carmichael the comedy with no audience thing right. and the DJ example you gave the DJ yeah, and the club, right? Well, think about it. the DJ and the club Shut sounds up. ridiculous, right? That's Until you think. 
bit. Start off. Well, you, yeah, you start off in your headphones. Yeah. But secondly, if you think about DJs that put mixes up on SoundCloud or even Spotify now, right? So you could download like Night in Ibiza 2018, whatever, and right. hear like a whole night of music if you want to listen to it, right? Right. I think there's something valuable to that because when you're when you're DJing in a club, you're like, I'm going to play this song with this transition and then this song with this transition. But the first song doesn't get the response you thought it would. So now you change course because you're reacting to the crowd. Whereas when you're in the club by yourself or in a booth by yourself, that's your artistic vision. Yeah. Same thing with a comedy set, right? Yeah. You go on stage like I'm gonna do joke one, two, and three. Then joke one, joke one doesn't hit, so you change what joke two is, which changes right. what joke three is, right. which brings you to crowd work, which brings you to a whole other thing. Whereas if you're in a room by yourself, time. you can deliver your your monologue and you be this is my idea for the set, and this is this callback works here regardless right. of the guy in the front row, Ice Girl, and me doesn't get it. And I think it's kind of, kind of valuable to nah. record that to some extent. Most definitely. Like, I think that's what kept the whole thing pure, to be honest. Because, like, I mean, even me, like, I've, like, just talked out sets out loud, put a timer on just to see where I'm at. Like, I'll do that, like, every few weeks or so just to see where the time's at. But, like, I've noticed delivering those jokes by yourself is, like. Sounds lonely. Yeah, do you do it in the car? Do you record it when you do it? Uh, no, nah, I literally okay. just put a timer on. I'll talk everything out. And, like, I'll come up with stuff as, like, I'm saying it, too. Like, Love to just be a because, fly on like, the yeah, yeah, nah, just because I know, like, I mean, every comic should, but, like, I know my shit inside and out that's in good. terms of just, like, different avenues to go with something. Like, that's why, like, they, they say you really, even though you hate doing this shit a lot, like, you shouldn't be telling the same jokes, like, for three, four years straight. But, like, all I'm saying, not one or two, but if you're doing the same exact set for three, you're not going anywhere, Well, no, I, right? if I don't have a few new sh- things after uh, t- three, four months, I-, I start to freak out. So Yeah, but... I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not an expert, but I don't know how to the way I look at it is, I have set jokes that I do at shows, right? That's basically my act, if you will, if you use an old school term. Right, but right. then at mics, I never do that. I never do those jokes at open mics. I do that, brand yeah. new stuff right. every time I'm on you an open mic. You just talk like, and on that's good, because I don't uh, do that. No, I usually have an idea. Like, what I do is, like, during the day, I have, like, an outline of what I talk about that night, and it'll be like, um... I can't retain any of You know what I mean? Just go up on stage. He told us. Uh, What's that? Yeah, that's no, you, you get a topic yeah. on, especially for open mics, because you're not worried about a reaction to open mic. Right, exactly. You, I, now, I wouldn't you, think of doing that in front of paying customers. Right. But in front of a room full of comics and the bartender, right. let's work this out. Yeah, you, you know go on I mean? uh, stage with a couple ideas and you work it out. And then maybe you do something in a couple open mics and now that gets to your show material exactly. when it's good enough. You right. know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Dude, that, that's the way you should do it. I mean... And then there's the opposite where there's dudes that are spontaneous. I could just riff a set and they murder. Pretty, but pretty they amazing. But they can't write a joke. So it's like then they're kind of pigeonholed too. Though, yeah. So I mean like, yeah, yeah, it's. We talked about this. You know what's funny about open mics? Uh, we go to open mic. I know there's not obviously great comedians at open mic. But even if there was something funny at open mic, that's funny. Um, sometimes people don't laugh, but if it was at a paid show, people would like laugh at everything. Oh, can it's I, like, definitely it's a social thing of laughing. Psychology, it well, has to be a social thing. Well, laughing. it's a social thing. It's everyone also everyone else is laughing. You're like, oh, hold me laugh. There, know, there's like the drug addicts and uh, well, there's that, and what I find too is that at open mics, you're laugh, you're you're performing for what's basically your competition, right? Yeah, a lot of if there's if there's ten people at an open mic and you're the, the fifth guy to go, the five people that already went are already mentally checked out or left. The right. five people that didn't go yet are thinking about their yeah, set. Yeah, yeah, that's why right? it's like kind of almost nobody's no one performing. Anyway. Whereas if you go to a, to a club or a show and there's 30 people in there that all paid $10 and they've had a couple of drinks, they're ready to laugh. They're having a good time. It, it's a weird, comedy's a weird yeah. thing where mo- everybody has open mics before they do book shows, right? That's just the way it works. You have to. But book shows, in my experience, are usually 
easier than open mics to get laughs at. Oh, wait, wait. Maybe you know that I mean? helps because open mics are so hard to get a laugh at that it makes it harder. Well, the only, the only, I, yeah, my one asterisk to that is what makes comics laugh doesn't make regular the people pub, laugh. The public laugh. It's almost, it's almost night and day. It's all, it, yeah, actually, it's completely different. That's why there's terms like, oh, he's performing for the back of the room right yeah. now. He's literally just like, like, I've literally tanked in front of like, a regular crowd, but I'm murdering in the back. Yeah, where everybody's what, at the right. bar. And, and at that point, you just tap into that. I was Fuck watching you. Schultz. Like, yeah. he, I don't think he even did anything like say anything really remotely funny for like a quick second. And they were like dying laughing, and then he just was, the way he went about it, his mannerisms. He was like going like this and shit, and then like talking about it's something. An, yeah, it's and like a whole laughing. It's a whole act combo thing. It's not just the material. It's like you know, and yeah, you and you're gonna get a. You know, you pay you pay money and you're drinking. You're you're gonna you're more susceptible to laughing. Like what? Like a, what about a live stand-up special? I feel like no one will do that because someone could happen or there could be hecklers. And also, I feel like all these comedians because when you watch a stand-up what special, do you mean every it's all no, it's not really. Oh, though. you mean before you know, not, like, not like, like live at the point, oh. like Facebook Live or like live filmed live. Yeah, I guess that's never really it's never been done because uh, they were talking about it with Gerard on the interview, and he was because they gotta make it perfect. And like, yeah, they'll never Which do it because like kind of hurts the craft. Yeah, yeah, they edit everything and they edit make it like that's just as great though. as it is. Yeah, but yeah, like th- 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 what Carmichael just did with Drew Michael, where no audience. Yeah, I, w- I would be down to check out a straight-up special that was done live film, like everyone is. What's the and next future thing? No what, what do you think the future thing is? Like what Schultz is saying on social media? Like what's the next big future thing for yeah, stand-up? I think like what Schultz is doing right now with 52 Weeks of Stand-Up, basically he's just putting out his act, which he's done with now because he has new shit. He put out the album, and that is essentially his special, his 52 Weeks of Stand-Up, that's his whole hour. And that will become that could become a new special, like that's it. But it comes out increments, so it's kind of like a TV. It's kind of like Game of Thrones. I you're waiting for that next thing to come out, so it's like you're not watching a whole special for an hour, like Chappelle special. You talk about it for a week, you forget yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. You see a bit clip. Schultz mentioned this. You see a bit clip, and then you're like, I gotta come back next week to see what the next bit is. I was gonna say, I think the model that Schultz is using right now is kind of like the the mixtape hip hop model that was used in the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, of totally we're, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna leak a song here. We're going to let you know we got a collabo with this guy here. Then a month later, we're going to leak the street single. Then a month after that, the radio single. And then when the album comes now the album comes out and everyone goes and buys it, even though you heard some of the songs are already, you're like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. this ad, this little way in this 50 cent, whatever it is. I've been hearing these songs for six months leaking, or quote-unquote leaking. The label's putting them out, but yeah. they're saying they leaked. It's the same that Schultz is doing. He's leaking out material week to week. Right. And even though that, that, that project is done in his eyes, the public is still, when he comes to my town, I'm going to come see the whole project. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You just yeah, give him a little piece. It's like a, a TV show. Exactly, bro. You don't burn all your material well, at once. The thing is, though, I think bit. you take the most the thing you're most popular at, like Rogan's the podcast, so he produces, he promotes his podcast on social media a lot. I don't see his comedy always promote it, and Schultz does the like, Instagram both. he puts out his show. Oh, uh, he does? Just all the time. But yeah. like, what's interesting, too, when you have a successful podcast, I feel like it's easier your stand-up set because if if shit doesn't work out or if it's a long show, you literally talk like it's a podcast. Well, yeah, Schultz. it's just like, all you have is listeners here. It's a little different, but like, I could tell, like, Schultz, like, where he talks about stuff with his podcast and he, he throws in jokes as well. But it's, like, easier if you have a podcast and you're well-known because there's fans there who came to pay because of your podcast as well. Right, but that's becoming a new thing. You're, yeah. you're finding... That's a new thing, yeah. You're retarded. You're finding... You're oh, f- what the fuck? I was agreeing <laughs> with you. Is that I was being smart? Oh, I thought you were being smart, yeah. No. Uh, I was always saying... Yo, Zap, Zap is so mean. Okay. Yeah. I, I, need a, I, I can't wait to eat. But that, because since podcasts are newer, you know, maybe the last 10 years, you weren't getting people to come out because of your podcast. You were good at comedy, and then the podcast came secondary. Like but Schultz mentioned this. Now. Once Rogan's podcast blew up, because he was one of the early godfathers, like with Corolla and, um, 
you know, whoever else, Marin, Mark, Mark Tim Ferriss. He Mark he now with. sells out his shows a lot because of the podcast. Like uh, he Schultz was saying, nobody was really into Rogan. Com- like he wasn't selling out because of his comedy, but now that he made a successful podcast, you know, it, you know, it helped out his it helped out people coming out to his shows. Usually, what we uh, do. girls who Jesus. don't send you pictures like on the regular, who you're just like kind of talking to now, you can't tell if they're uh, very attractive or not. You can't tell if they're hiding their body flaws. Oh, I it's, all, respect it's all angles, baby. It's all angles. I, I, I've just been messing around on a uh, hinge. <laughs> yo, dude, hinge. Yo, I'm, yo, hinge is dope. Hinge. Oh I'm, yeah, it's about who you know, right? You gotta have someone you're mutually friends. Yeah, hinge. Up, I'm murdering. Hey, we're fucking promoting hinge. Here? Sorry, I'm, mur- I'm murdering hinge right Angel's now. Angel's like married and stuff, so I don't know if he's gonna. Have, dude, dude I, I'll well, some, he gives the best advice. He's been. Yeah, like, I, well, I don't know if I can because I missed internet dating completely. I've been with my wife for ten years, True. so we got together right when internet dating started to not be super weird. Right. And I never been. I've never been back in the in the game True. since then. So I don't know anything like I know basically what well, Tinder is now works. I don't know what Hinge is. Um, there's girls who like kittenfish, so they'll put old photos up, and like you're like, oh shit, she's attractive. I mean, not to sound like a vain asshole, but a part of it is about looks because of online dating and the culture the way it is with the pictures and the stupid profile. You're gonna be attracted to somebody that looks compared to their personality off the bat. So girls who like, and then you match with a girl or you talk to a girl, and you something's like kind of up because they don't send you any pictures. They don't like reply to a Snapchat or they don't snap as much or send you a picture and you're wondering are they hiding their body falls? Yeah, yeah I would be right. You got always got to pick worst case scenario. Yeah, I'd right? be cautious. Um, there could but, be play devil's advocate. I guess she wants to see if you just are in it for her looks, which maybe she wants to string you along a little bit and see what if you yeah. guys mesh on a personality level. I don't know if that's True. going that's on now. Um, but yeah, it's not, not normal. I don't know why I just said that. Um, what I would say is this, man, for anybody like 25 and under now that's struggling with members of the opposite sex, I don't understand how what that happened. What about happens. 25 and up? You, like, you, you did a whole a I, set on this. I did a set. I yeah, saw you man. did a set Oh, because like, they're in college? You said, what about no, your 25 no, and up struggle? No, with social we'll media right and phones yeah. and stuff, oh. dude. Like, if you can't think about what you want to say, proofread it, spell check it, send it back, and make something happen for yourself, what are you doing? Like, I understand people have social anxiety, can't speak to a member of the opposite sex or the same sex that they're into face-to-face in a bar when it's like, do or die right now. But, like, if you're thinking about it and you could t- retweet and you know, re-delete shit, how hard is it, is it to be cool in that like setting? you said to play True. devil's advocate there, I actually, through my experience, find myself to be the opposite. If okay. I'm talking you're a gamer? To, no, not at all. But if I'm in an organic situation where I have a similar topic that we brought in on, maybe like it's introduced through a mutual friend or something, I could spark up a conversation at a bar with a hot okay. chick. If I'm online with her, like it's I never, weird. I never it feels met too her. Forced. Yeah, it's like, yeah. What am I you're trying too really hard. If you were like that, you're am trying I getting too the, hard. Am I getting the honesty out of her? To, to, okay. to go the other way, though, I'd rather do that because it's less. it gives me less anxiety. It gives me less pressure since I'm in person right in front of her. I'm online. I could wait eight hours to answer. I could say fuck off. I could do whatever I want. You know what I mean? So it's like it, both, of them are, both of them are different or hard, but I know what you mean. Like it, it's online. You can, you can say whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. But it's all organic at the end of the day. Like you might meet somebody online and go out with them and like them and stuff, but you got to be able to – have a conversation with them and like connect on some bullshit other than yeah. just sending each other nudes or fucking talking yeah. about yeah eventually you gotta hang out and, and not have sex you gotta just be right. the but regular uh, people if, if you like a, if you unless, think but unless you you brought that up in the very beginning and just was honest about it if you're like bro I'm just trying to smash some hot girls online are. It's There's so girls weird. that say that. Yeah. You don't know literally, what to do. They're hot. Nah, literally, the first one I matched with, she literally just said dick pic, 
question mark. I was like, That's okay. That's a good girl. I was like, okay. Hey, man, cool. Send them my way. Yeah, no, those are the ones, you know, they're just not playing games because they're just looking for the fuck. I'll, Here, here's the for, thing, you though. You go looking for a fuck, you're looking for someone to actually get into a relationship with. It's all different. Like, if you think a uh, girl's a smoke show and she matches you and she seems interested, it's puzzling with me. Like, not to say, like, I'm not confident, but, like, the lack of options that she has and she's so hot that you're going to be on. It's not a lack know, of options. It's like, online, though. For it's being so attractive. It's all, no, because it's all just preference-based. And she's very interested I mean? very quickly, though. There's it's weird. There's hot girls I know that le- legitimately date ugly dudes on purpose. Oh yeah. They just like ugly dudes. I don't come my way. But I feel like there's a situation. This girl literally where the, said that she was psycho. just like, I think ugly guys are really cute. I was like, what? It's not bad. Really weird. That's such yeah. like a, a double negative. But yeah, I don't know. I, I always see there's there's always a situation. She's either like a psycho hot girl, or just will stop talking randomly uh, and will just fade. A whore, possibly burner, or just broke up with her boyfriend and wants dick, or talked to thirty dudes, or has a boyfriend. I feel that's, like that's literally a everything. That's every girl you'll ever encounter. It could be what any are, one of those. True, but I feel like especially online, it's all about judge a character. Really, what are you willing to put up with? True. You know what I'm saying? Are you just dating a girl for her looks? And I guess you're willing no, to date, but deal online, with anything else. Online but, has made a vein like that, but but I think it's similar to the best jobs. Like you're not gonna find the you find your best jobs through a referral. I feel like you find the best women through a referral of a friend or someone. That oh you yeah, know. because you if your I mean? friend is friends with her, then you already know her judge yeah, a character. Yeah, and you already like, know she, the values. Similar, like, and, yeah. Like, yeah. And connect and easily and you probably have some things in common show. you probably yeah. have a few things in common with the person yeah. 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 hanging similar so yeah exactly you know what I mean online is like a free for all shit show That's you don't said, know yeah, the situation if it's a friend or a set up through a friend it's gonna be a lot easier to get a conversation going. yeah also I mean like just being a comic is also like you're already kind of behind the eight ball with like dealing with girls just because like there's <laughs> girls that want you to spend every waking moment with them when oh, you've yeah. got shit to do you don't even answer so at you, night you're already so, like out so you can't do that or they yeah. get insecure about literally like like what attracted because girls will be insecure about what uh, they're attracted to you for and then literally do the math and be like, all right, a bunch of girls must be looking at them the same way. When you're a comic and you're on a stage and let's say they're not at a show, I've had girls be like, what are you doing? Waiting to get up. All right, you coming over as soon as you get off, so right? Funny yeah, I'm hanging, I'm hanging around for a little bit <laughs> with, with like everybody just chopping it up. Oh, word? Oh, you're just hanging? Oh, let me guess. What? Some girl just told you you're funny, huh? I'm like, no. I'm like, yo. It's weird, too, because then the convo gets awkward like the next day or that night, and then you're like, Trying hard not to make it weird, and then she's trying not to hard to make it weird, and just I just like kind of pitfalls, and like she doesn't talk as much, and you think she's up to something. It's just like weird. Girls do that shit too, though. I, I, can I say a couple things real quick? Yeah. As an older guy who's been through this a little bit, probably yeah. more times than everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. More wisdom. Than I us. think I think there's number one people, not all significant others, but in comedy, most significant others and just random people don't understand how little attention from the opposite sex being a comic gets you. Like if you're Dave Chappelle, obviously there's groupies and fans. Yeah. If you're doing open mics. Probably not, you know, most likely not. Um, every once in a while, someone tell you you're funny and be like, "Oh, maybe this right. is something," but usually it's it's not. Yeah. Um, number two, with the the girlfriend every waking moment thing, what I've found has worked for me because comics have asked me before. I've been able, I've been with the same woman, my wife, I love her to death for ten years. I don't need applause for that. Um, she probably needs more applause than I do. Hey, that's great. <laughs> my parents have been together for forty yeah. years, it's, and it's brutal. It's rough. Yeah. But what I find is, though, if you're gonna, if any, you're gonna do music and do comedy, you're gonna. Run marathons, whatever. Well, you got if whatever passion you're going to pursue, you need the other person to also pursue some kind of passion because then they understand it. Gotcha. Like for example, they don't have that. I do comedy. I'm here all night tonight. She now 
tomorrow now tomorrow night we do family stuff. Saturday she teaches yoga. Sunday she has stuff going on. Ah. And I think if, if you deal with somebody who's got a nine to five and that's it, and you'll never understand why you got to go wait three hours to do a three minute set at Stress Factory. Yeah. That's insane, not gonna work. It? That's never gonna work. But if she has her own thing or, uh, that she's pursuing, right. she understands what you're doing. And I think yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. huge. There's a lot of girls who attach to a guy and what they do, and they want to beat you every minute, well, and that never works out because they got nothing going for them, not to sound like a dick. Yeah, you don't, you don't need a sidekick. You know but I always say you don't need... You they want you to you do like they want you to do bullshit stuff every night. You yeah. know what I mean? If you're Batman, you don't need Robin. You need Superman. Yeah. You know what I mean? You need someone who's gonna run with you, not someone who's gonna need you to run with them on their back. And that goes guy girl, whatever it is. Mm. I think you need somebody that's gonna be, for me, I wanna be with a running mate, not a sidekick. That's why a lot of relationships don't last probably. People get insecure about stuff or things like that nature, as you said. Well the other thing you're I think right. you have too, if you have one person that if you start dating when you're twenty and one person just has that nine to five and doesn't do anything outside of it, and the other person has a lot of side hustles, things they're interested in, and they start to pop a little bit, they leave that other person in the dust, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then what? Kind of that insecurity. Yeah, that and at, what, with, at yeah. what point is it like, oh, we have nothing in common anymore because I got five stand up sets this week, two podcasts, right. and I'm, yeah. I got to put my YouTube yeah, yeah. show out, yeah. and you're just home watching TV. Right. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. it's almost like a fuck you. It's no. almost inevitable, though, when you're a comic, you're probably going to end up dating another comic, dude. Or somebody that's like-minded like one. Yeah. Or is a passion, as he said, something else. Because, yo, honestly, normal girls that, like, had, like, an okay family life and everything, like, yo, I, I, we get along, but there's, like, not a connection. It's always just, like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, and it's nothing weird. It's just, like, you can't really see where I'm coming from. I can't see where you're coming from. But it's, like, inherently, every comic girl that, like, I've kind of hung out with has always been cool as fuck like you know what i mean like there's no pressure really it's almost I, you know like what? you know him i find this with with my, my wife obviously had a lot of things she pursues but i think at, at this stage in the game where we get to be like 30 40 years old and you get around people that have nothing they're pursuing no and just have a yeah. nine-to-five job and they do nothing outside of that they're like the worst people to be around they're jaded like, like i always say yeah. if you if you go to your day job whatever it might be like i have a regular nine-to-five and if I, if the people I work with that do other things, like they're in a band, they DJ, they do local plays, they get what I'm doing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the people that don't do anything, can't fathom it, and talk down about it. You know right. what I mean? You'll never have a guy that's in a band be like, oh, how's your little stand-up comedy set going? Like, never. Like, that's so but, true. So but, um, never. Yeah. But you got someone that doesn't do shit, they're just like... Oh, you're stupid for trying to do anything with your life. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. I, I hate yeah, be, I hate being around people like they're that. They're bitter. I hate my, it. To say a classic Sweeney word, but you're so right. Like, like bitter. my buddy came out to Stress Factory last night, and he has he has a lot of you know he has side hustles. He plays in a rock band, and he genuinely enjoyed coming out to a shitty open mic. To, to like us, it's like. Or uh, someone who doesn't really, you know, understand. All the all the women thought Zabby was a sex the symbol too. The comedy, uh, the comedy they did. sucked. You know, they, but he'll. But someone who does something like that has fun. Will come out and do that. And it's not like you have to be on some huge grand stage. You just have to have some hobbies, have some side hustles. Like right. you said, we don't want you. Sit, if you're just sitting at home every night watching TV, it's like and they're going to get annoying. The one thing I think that's made that that. I guess why I do well interviewing rappers and producers and musicians in that world is because we're speaking the same language. Yeah, you know yeah, I, mean? yeah I feel like, like they did the same. It. They you performed at the yeah. same on Tuesday night. I performed there on Wednesday Nobody night, and we talk it. about the venue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like if you're just a journalist, not just a journalist, but if you've never been on a stage, never been, never done anything in that world, you're having a different conversation with that rapper than I am. Yeah, right, it's not right, it's right. not as in depth. You don't really connect. I definitely get that, especially anybody that doesn't that doesn't just. Even, like, people that do public speaking, I could fucking, like, talk to. You know what I mean? Because there's a certain sense of self-awareness. There's a certain sense of, like, intu like intuition you need to have. 
in terms of talking to people and in front of large bodies of people. Mm-hmm. Whereas like people that don't do that, they're more secluded or whatever. It's like it's kind of hard for me to like even just get something going with them. I'm just like I, I don't even know what to say. You know what I mean? I'm not weird or anything. Like I'll try as much as I can, but like if it hits a wall, I'm just be like, all right, man, I'll catch you later. I don't know all what right. to yeah. You know what I mean? I like look. I'm not that dude. Right. That's a, that is a, like it's a fine line in terms of like I have a lot of like a lot of my friends I'd say uh, most of my friends don't do comedy like like my non comedian friends but like they have you don't even have to have something you're passionate in, but like something that I can share with them like they don't be, might not be doing a side hustle they might not be playing music or doing comedy or whatever but like if we can go connect on a fucking stand up special or a movie or something it'll it's better in the long run than if they're just you know fucking don't care about what you're doing and you don't care about what they're doing. And when, you know, you hang out and you just sit in a room and, and stare at each other. No doubt. But that's kind of hot. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sweeney got a photo on his phone where he looks Dominican. I'm trying so to send that to a Spanish funny. girl. To Yo, <laughs> you really made a camera angle to make you look Dominican. I swear yeah. this is like, not. Is this is from last summer. What, no, yeah, what filter like, is that? What yeah, it's, it's for real. Big poppy, big poppy really? filter. What? Oh, man. Nah, you'll be fine, dude. Wait, let me. I just got to post this. This is. Can I post this? What are you saying? Yo, Sweeney looked. (laughs) Yo. I was going to post this to a girl. Yo. Oh, my God. You look Dominican. Nah, yeah. We can wrap up now. Did Eddie Cardi be Nicki Minaj? Uh, What about. Would you FaceTime a girl on a date in 2018? Would you FaceTime a girl before going on a date if you met her online? When you want to know, like, video if what, she's What did you say about being 18? I, I miss that. What I don't, I I don't want R. Kelly myself. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. 2018. I said, oh, in, in, 20, two, in 2018, say you're single yeah. like us, losers, well, me, uh, True. 20s, me late 20s. Me Sweeney, um, you want to go on a date, say, but you're not too sure about yeah. this girl because you could be insane, could, could not be hot, or you don't even know. What would you do to take the precautionary steps to go on this date successfully? F- FaceTime sounds pretty good. Right? You brought FaceTime that up. I mean, my time Face- is valuable. FaceTime Try to get like a whole video. Hey, let me see those legs. Yeah, like that no, sounds. I don't, it just doesn't. It just doesn't happen that much. Like a girl, you're not just like, all right, let's FaceTime. But it doesn't sound weird. Like I would do it if the girl wanted to do that. I'd be like, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Uh, but I should have showed just, them that picture. It's just me. not. It's not a popular thing. But yeah. Why not? <laughs> no, uh, what about the dine and, dine and dash dater? That's fucking legend. Oh, that guy's amazing. That was me. Oh no, I'm kidding. But uh, so the maximum of. Do you want to hear the story real quick, or you got to go? We we met, we touched on it like a few podcasts ago. No, we didn't. This is new. Now we touch on a different thing. But this is a, real. Was man, the girl um, was the was the was the person. A man from California is facing charges that they're being accused of luring women into expensive restaurants and then leaving when the bill comes. It's, Paul it's Gonzalez is known as the Dine and Dash Dater. In court this week, many women say after the meal came, where Gonzalez talked and and uh, Gonzalez talked and ate fast. He said he needed to take a call from his kids and never return. He took off. According to prosecutors, uh, Gonzalez did this to at least ten women on, on dating sites. And then left them with the bills. The prosecutors say that's exto- that's extortion, and if convicted, Gonzalez faces up to sixteen years in prison. I love that. I think that, it's funny. That seems excessive. I was thinking <laughs> maximum sixteen years in prison probably won't get get that unless he has someone like me as an attorney, like a retard. But I mean, theft by deception is very serious. I'm told. So what about all the women who use guys for food and money but don't fuck them in return? Isn't that theft by deception the same way? Yeah, I saw your your com- you you sent me that to, that to me as notes or did you yeah, that no, yeah yeah yeah. It's that's a hundred billion percent true. Aren't I right? Do I yeah. sound like a fucking asshole? In the I didn't. I, I didn't know uh, laws were that like in depth for 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 theft. Mis- whatever. Like it's why should got this guy get in trouble? He's represent for all the guys who've been putting the friend zone, food zone. All these girls out here spending these dudes' money and not fucking. The reason that the reason that it's not a thing is because that's just not seen as a, as an incremental thing. Like this guy snuck out on a bill. It's a funny girl, as hell. Though. A girl <laughs> might go out and offer to split the bill, knowing you're gonna say no, I'll take it. 
but like it's not the same thing. It's not like he she's purposely going there. Well, she a lot of girls it was online. It was probably like POF because this guy looked real creepy. Those girls probably imagine what they looked like. But probably like that, the whole thing as a whole, I think is hilarious. Happened in California again. Well, a lot of shit happened in Cali. But yeah, anything else? Want to promote? Talk about? Uh, yeah. Check out the Schultz interview because we pretty much recapped it all here. A lot of gems, and he's doing really well. Uh, Alex, you got a gig coming up. You want to play? Uh, Okinawa Inn on the 27th. Uh, yeah, I'm doing 20 minutes. So I'll come come through. <laughs> yeah, Broadway come through. Shitty Comedy Club in October 5th. And Asbury Underground, whenever that is. Are you doing it this year? I am not. Um, Thanks for rubbing salt on my wounds. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be for four I'll be going on a mediocre date, probably. It'll be for four people in the thrift shop, so I'm not really plugging much. Um, <laughs> I don't Dominican. know what the date is. Uh <laughs> Could check out our YouTube because yeah we don't put out a lot but it's fun. sounds sounds Sweet. very uh <laughs> very good very good promo I'll put check out our YouTube yeah, we don't, check we out our check out Sweeney's we don't put out a lot check out Sweeney's Kamikaze review just like Sways and everybody else who fucking reviewed that shitty album just kidding it was okay <laughs> um SoundCloud Instagram please and um you know the Sweeney's Angela Gingerelli Mr Fifth Round on Instagram I don't know if you do Twitter uh Alex, not Alex Nicholas um and thanks for tuning in again hopefully we'll have this one out soon. And that's it. Thank you. And thank you, Angelo, for coming out. Yeah, thanks, bro. For real. It was dope. Appreciate it, guys. Had a blast. All right. Hey, you got anything cool. to promote? Anything else? Uh, you said on Instagram, Mr. Fifth Round, Twitter, Mr. Fifth oh, Round, oh, Facebook, God. just my real name, Angelo Gingerelli. And then uh, monthly, I cover New Jersey's indie hip hop scene at thepopbreak.com. The column is called NJ Next. And then my next little project is the Bath Podca- Podcast. It's going to be the Bridge and Tunnel Hockey Podcast. Uh-uh. And start this October and cover New York Islanders, New Jersey Devils hockey all season long. I saw one guy just had like Fuck a panic yeah. attack. Oh, or say that. I'm a Devils fan. Uh, one of the goalies. I don't know if I was reading that on ESPN. Yeah. What do you use, a druggie or something? No, he's just weird. Oh. He's, <laughs> like, he's really good, though. Like, His heart's like, weird. High percentage of people <laughs> in life. Yeah, he's really good. Keep it basement podcast. Hey, keep it basement. Thanks, guys. All right, I'll see you. Uh, good salsa. <laughs> That was fucking. How was that? What you guys think? That was dope, man. That was good. I like the whole thing. Good guy. And we talked about. Yeah, we talked about fucking a lot.